Darlings, welcome to episode 464 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street spoiler free podcast with me, Gemma, <laughs> and me, Michael. Happy Easter, everybody! Happy Easter! Happy, happy Easter! Woo, woo, woo. We're talking about episodes of Coronation Street broadcast between the 29th of March and the 2nd of April 2021, and that's episodes 10,285 to 10,290. We are, we are, aren't we? What a lovely time it is to be alive at the moment. It's lovely. The weather is Spring, nice. It's springing. It's quite hot this week, isn't it? It's it's starting to feel that we're I out of winter. I've been outside Being happy and, and cheerful and sunny. And um, I will see how much of that translates into um, my t- critique of this week's Coronation Street. Who knows? Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, it will be lenient because of our good mood. I, I haven't well, decided yet. Well, going down, by the time we get to it, we probably might be over <laughs> the spring feeling. Yeah, you might be right. Um, anything, anything else been going on this week? No. Nope. I'm just happy that it's the Easter holidays for me now. It's Good Friday today. And um, yeah, off school for two weeks. Lovely. You won't be off school for two weeks. I'm going into school next week. You go to school every day? I'm not going to school every day these holidays this year. It's oh, fine. Wow. I haven't got that much Pandemic. To do. I know, I might have a little bit of a break. It's lovely. What? More time for curry stuff, hopefully. Oh. Right. Um, I thought we'd spend time together, but... We, why not both? <laughs> oh, everybody. Our what? bonus podcast this week oh, is yeah. an interview with Melanie Hill. Make sure you check that out. She's lovely. Yes, thank Kathy you very Matthews much. Kathy Matthews she plays, if you didn't know, which I hope interview. you did. Yeah, it was lovely. We had a nice sort of a 20-minute chat or so, so um, do make sure that you either pause right now and go and listen to that or set it in your podcasting playlist to have a chat about her, uh, to have a listen to what she says. we've ever said podcasting playlist? I don't know. She's going to talk, she talks about the trolling storyline and other things. It's great. Et Would you like to do a quiz, Michael? Yes, it is Friday evening. That is quiz night time. Jenny yeah, and Johnny, I don't night. know what you think. Monday, quiz? No. No. Friday is where it's at. Thank yeah. you very much. You're, you're at your prime on Friday, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> this is things that happen between the 29th of March and the 2nd of April in years ending in a 1 and a 6. And I sourced it from coronationstreet.fandom.com, a.k.a. Coropedia. Yeah, I've just read, I just thought, we, we didn't mention the fact that there was no Coronation Street April Fool's this week, did we? Mm. And it's always like a staple. I look forward to Corrie doing an April Fool's thing on social media. I don't think they did one uh, last year either. Pandemic. It's always a shame. Oh, yeah, I blame the pandemic. I think, um, I think EastEnders might have done one this year. But, oh, well. Did you see any good um, April no, Fool's is online? No. No. I... April Fool's is my favourite thing, and I think everyone's a bit too po-faced and, um, what's the word? Like politically correct to do one anymore yeah we didn't even we didn't do one no. i tell you cory put out a tweet saying that following the success of the ultimate character survey they were going to do an ultimate episode survey where they were going to oh, rank wow. all all ten thousand two hundred and ninety. that's episodes. hilarious <laughs> i didn't see that that's brilliant i love that well done okay right the quiz 29th of march 1991 what what insults mike about the prenup that jackie makes him sign before they get married what I I would have thought that the concept of a prenup might, you know, insult him already. Yeah, it did. But what specifically? Um, what was his main problem? Uh oh god, I don't know. The fact that she thought he was gonna steal all her money. I don't know. Isn't that... The fact that he says he won't take the factory if they get divorced. Okay, didn't get a point. It's for very that difficult to do a quiz, Michael. I guess fine. That was a good question. Thank, tw- thank you. Twenty ninth of March, nineteen ninety one. Who does Des take on as his housekeeper? 
Uh, Phyllis Pierce. Correct. 30th of March, 1966. Dennis Tanner and Jed Stone get together and open a kennel, but what goes wrong? A kennel? Mm-hmm. I don't remember this story. No, I don't think we 1966? Yeah. Um, hey day. Dogs escape. Yeah. I'll give you half a mark because they lose the local villain's beloved dog, who I think is called Penelope. I'm not sure. 30th of March, 1981. Sorry, I thought you were going to say something. No, I was just wondering whether that was probably during the equity strike, wasn't it, when it was all about animal characters? (laughs) Get the seals in. Um, Hilda is horrified when Eddie does what with her laundry and why? Oh, he puts it in a bin bag and it goes to the tip. Yeah, because he he threw it out because it was in a bin bag. Yeah. 30th of March, 2016. What does Sally step on in the garden that leads her to demand Sharif to fix the fence? Oh. Um, is it chicken poo? No, zero. It's a chicken egg. Oh, I knew it was something that came you from did. a chicken's nether, <laughs> nether regions. <laughs> um, 30th of March, 2016. I don't know why this wasn't broadcast on April Fool's Day. Izzy freaks out when the cannabis she was given is much stronger than she thought. Who supplied it to her? Oh, gosh. Who gives her the... Oh, I think it was Gary, wasn't it? Yes, it was yeah, Gary. It was Gary. Well get... I think he gets it from his mate. Well, didn't he get them from his Captain Gingerbeard mate? Do you remember him? Hanging yeah. around the gym. <laughs> 31st of March, 1986. Peter Barlow arrives for... It says Susan's 21st birthday party, but then I thought about it a bit more and was like, it's probably, probably his, his as too. well. Um, I don't know, Peter Barlow's age changed all over the place. <laughs> I don't know if there were any years where he and Susan were different ages. Um, he arrives for the birthday party from Plymouth, not mm-hmm. Portsmouth. Um, that was going to be the question, but I thought it was too mean. Um, with his, with yeah, which, gu- which city, starting with a P and ending in Muth, does Peter come up from? Um, with, with his girlfriend, what's his girlfriend's name? Well, I know he gets married to somebody called Jessica, so I'll plop for judging. Plot for her, will you? A plot for her. What's her... her Midgley. Yeah. Oh, good. Why did you say it like... It's obviously Midgley. Oh, which is interesting because obviously Daisy Midgley we've got as a character at the moment. No relation. (gasps) No relation? Are you sure? Mm. Who knows? Well, you know, a couple of years down the line, you know, our Coronation Street like to make characters related to each other. Yeah, just imagine the, the, the terrifying revelation when Peter discovers that Daisy's mother is his old ex-girlfriend that he took to Susan Barlow's 21st birthday party in 1986. But he did marry Jessica, so it goes even right, deeper then. than this. Wow, so he could be like the stepdad Is, of is Peter actually Jenny's ex-husband? I don't Let's know. Let's <laughs> find out by watching Coronation Street very closely for some clues. 1st of April 1996... Reg quits his job and runs off with the wages clerk after she inherits a lot of money. What is her name? Yvonne. Well done. What's her surname? Oh, I knew you'd ask that. I, I, got, um, I don't remember. Bannister. Bannister, fine. She doesn't even have a Coropedia page. I'm very proud well, of you. Well, that's because she's not even... I don't think she's even in the show. I think this is... this is our Because we've seen um, Reg leave on our, on our odyssey of episode revisits, haven't we? And um, Reg just kind of disappears... And then, like, months later, Maureen hears that he's gone off with the wages clerk, yeah. Okay. 1st of April, 1981. Stan, Eddie and Hilda have a day out. Where do they go? That's very cryptic. Do I get any any other clues than that? No. Is it a a well-remembered day out? Stan, Eddie and Hilda have a day out in 1981. If you were listening to the dates, you would know what I was talking about. Oh, 
the 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 tip. They go to the dump. Go to the dump. You only you shouldn't get any marks for that. No, you, no. If you're gonna accidentally drop in, I didn't accidentally. Yeah. I can't. First of April, nineteen ninety one. Vera receives a card from someone telling her to keep her royal connection a secret. Who is the card from? Um, I'm not. I don't think it was Josh Shackleton, but maybe it was. <laughs> I'm just looking at Gemma's eyes there to see if there's any glint or anything, because I know that she writes a, a, a letter to the um, to like Clarence House or something. Is that the right royal place? Clarence House is the is the home of um, uh, Camilla and Charles. Oh, okay, there's not that. Then. I know that she writes a letter to the palace saying, "I'm related to the Queen, don't you know?" And then, mate, I think it's them. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Buckingham Palace. No, the Queen. Yes, that's a, the, the Queen herself. No, the, the Queen. The liver inner of. No, you don't get a mark for that. The Queen. What? Who was it really from? Jack. Yeah. <laughs> um, 1st of April, 1991. Same episode, I'm really milking this. What flavour ice cream does Phyllis make? Oh, we talked about that recently, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, we did. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, <laughs> it's like a booze one, isn't it? Like Bailey's. But it's not... It's not Bailey's. <sighs> gosh, what is it? You don't know any words for boozers, do it's you? Not, it wasn't a rum and raisin. No, that would make no, too much sense. Um, uh, this is a horrible concoction. We literally, when we talked about it, for, because we did our character profile like did a we? month or so ago, didn't we? I don't even remember this. See, this is, like, you say Bailey's, which is quite funny because this is very much an Aggie Bailey style Go on mixture. then, go on. Bacardi yeah. and peanut butter. Would you like that, listeners? Would you like a combination of Bacardi and peanut butter? That's pineapple and peanut butter mm. with alcohol. I, I suppose think... it depends on how strong it was. Yeah. It depends on whether it gets to you before <laughs> the peanut butter taste does. 1st of April. This is the final one because there was nothing happened on the 2nd of April that I could find that was interesting. 1st oh. well, of maybe, April. Yeah, tonight is going to feature in quizzes we'll of future. We'll have to wait another five years. 1st of April, 1996. Convinced it's an April Fool's joke. Mm. How do Derek and Mavis insult the man who is in charge of the allotment of allotments? What? I've, I've... You're allotting the allotments. Oh, they, they think that his, his name is... Uh, he's got a name that's like he Mr does. Hedges or something like that. And they say that it's you know that's what? not your name. It's right. You're right. Yes. His name is Mr Hedges. Tim Hedges. Thank you very much. And they made fun of him. Which is hilarious because the guy in charge of allotting our allotments is called Mr. Poole. <laughs> so I think there's just a theme. There you go, Michael. You Thank did you. really I did well. Right, that's I didn't make a couple three, wrong there. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine and a half out of oh, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I did. I did pretty well, there, didn't we? Birthdays. Before we do birthdays, oh, yeah, Jim, we need to say happy birthday to to Jack James Ryan, but who who we didn't mention on last week's podcast because we didn't know, but it was his birthday yesterday, he or two been... days ago, if you're listening to this on Saturday, which I assume you may well be. 1st of April is his birthday. He has been added, added. to the Coronation Street grimoire or almanac mm. of, of birthdays, and he'll stay there forever or until the document is deleted. Especially if he comes back, which he should. He should do, yeah. Bring back Henry, bring back Jacob, bring back... Who's that Polly... Poppy L- Lolly. Lolly. <laughs> Polly Poppy Lolly. Wayne, bring back Wayne. Yes, bring them back. What is wrong with you? So bringing back boring people that we don't like. Right, 3rd of April, Mark Bayliss, who played Rob Donovan. 4th of April, William Tarmy, played Jack Duckworth. 
Sean Wilson played Martin Platt. We uploaded his uh, character profile to YouTube recently, didn't we? And it's got a, a disproportionately high number of likes compared to all of our other vis- videos. I don't know what's fans. going on. Um, 6th of April, Ian Redford played Keith Appleyard. 7th of April, Lynn Perry played Ivy Brennan. Lover. Gordon Kay, who played Bernard Butler. And Kathy Jones, who played Trisha Hopkins. Oh, lovely. What a lovely selection Happy of birthdays. Happy birthday to all those people. Right, shall we talk about this week's coronation stream, my dear? Oh, <laughs> my darling. Of course, wife. my lover. Let's, let's get on to all it. All right, let's do it then. Lovely. <laughs> Time for street talk. Well, what do we think about coronation street this week? Gemma. Mixed bag. Mixed bag indeed. Blimey, wasn't Thursday's episode the absolute pits? And that's right, Thursday's, because we didn't have curry on Wednesday this week because it was the football Yes, but at least, <coughs> at least it wasn't cancelled out, right? So we had a lovely April Fool's Day episode on Thursday and literally I thought that was Coronation Street joke that they played on oh. us because uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't be doing with Thursday's Coronation Street because of this bloody Billy storyline. Right. We shall strike it from the record. We can't. We have to oh. talk about it. In fact, we got that as our first story oh, this no. week. Billy No Dates, I've called it. <laughs> um, although that more described his situation at the beginning of the week, but never mind. But it certainly, certainly perked up on tonight's episode, didn't it? And... I think I'm right in saying that neither Billy nor Paul were in it, so I don't know whether there's some kind of correlation Ooh, could there. there. Yeah, could there be? It was more about um, Todd getting his job at the funeral parlour, which was a million times more exciting, I think. It was, honestly. Um, I've even, I even came up with a storyline title for those two working together, Snarky and George. Yes, I love and it. Is, and that is a reference that people of a certain age will get. Hopefully. And that certain age is our age, I guess. Uh, if you don't know what Sharky and George are, you need to look it up because it had a banging theme tune. It did have a banging theme tune. But <laughs> I hear that it is a French-Canadian production, so I'm hoping that a good proportion of our, of our listeners will be will get it. But as I say, um, it's a bit old now. Anyway, it was great. Um, Who's the Granddaddy is going to be our next storyline because there were massive revelations in the Bailey house. Well, not to us, but to Michael, I suppose, um, on Monday. Then we have got, oh, Sebelina Budding. Do you remember the Sebelina Budding storyline? <laughs> well, he's got a new girl and it is Nina. So Sebelina Budding. Also, we've put the Asher and Corey stuff in there. I haven't come up with the title. Um, oh, Asher. Asher Corey's on where she left off. Um, we've then got the uh, Alina, Tyrone and Fizz storyline. And it seems that Alina is um, trying to cut ties with him. Will she be successful in this? I'm not so sure. Faye so. Faye put away is the story of uh, <laughs> Faye potentially going behind bars for a year. I don't know whether I would really notice whether she was off screen for I a year. I don't think cause... she's been around for a year, is she? <laughs> um, and then a little bit of the Leanne of Duty and their Kelly story to tie things up at the end. Gemma, tie I, I, I can't do it. I cannot bring no, myself to. to do the synopsis for the Billy story. So I pass it over to you. Leave it in your very I capable hands. I can't say that I'm the best person for this because I don't know how much of this I was following because it was so boring. I sort of <laughs> it was forgot so to bad. watch it. It was really bad. Jamie, you were working out our... Um, what was it you were doing with, with working out taxes or something on Wednesday? I was trying to work out the electricity bill. That's right, you were, weren't you? I can't you? understand it. We've paid them. We've paid them 120 pounds and then we had to pay them 141 pounds a month. For five months, because they, they moved us to somebody new, and and 
we've used less than £100 worth of electricity and gas every month. And we still owe them £30. I can't understand. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. Yeah, this was still more interesting than what was going on. Caroline it was Street way more interesting. Gemma's head was just buried in bills. It involves me getting money or giving money to somebody that I don't want to. So I'm always going to pay more attention to that. Well, but from bills to billies. Gemma, let's see how well this. you can um, sound like you know what you're talking about when you're reading out my notes here. Billy has gone down in everybody's estimations. He so re- sad. The internet seems to hate Billy I at know, the moment. I don't really, know whether it's just the corners like of the internet that see, we frequent. See, this is the thing, right? I can get right on board with hating the character and thinking they're boring and crap. But when everybody does it, it starts to feel like bullying and really mean, even though they're not real people. I know, a bit, bit of billy bullying. Bit, a bit of billy bullying, isn't it? And a pack of pickled peppers. It's such a shame because I used to really, really like Billy as a character. Yes. And I'm, I, it, it, honestly, since I'm he got into drugs... I'm finding it difficult to let go because I, I, I want to like of him. What? Of like wanting to like him. Yeah, because I, I, still, I still really, really want to. And, and you know, they, he had a few all right scenes this week, but I, I can completely see where all the, all the hate for him is coming from. The way he's, he's so sanctimonious and astute and like really hypocritical. It's just not a good look for a but finger. But the, pro- the problem is... Although that is generally there. The pro- yeah, I think some people would. Um, the problem is, I think we're supposed to like him. Yeah, I don't know because obviously Daniel Brocklebank like seems like a really charming and lovely guy and he brings that warmth to Todd. Uh, Todd. <laughs> That's why Todd likes him. To Billy. But it... It just doesn't. It doesn't. It, because he seems overly nice at the moment. It just feels like he's he's like screwing things up and then going like, "But I'm a nice guy. Look at my smile." We're supposed to. We're supposed to be suspicious of Todd and not really like him. We're supposed to feel sorry for Paul, Paul the wronged one idiot. in this, and we're just supposed to. Oh, that's, but I think we're supposed to feel sorry for Billy, but also kind of happy maybe that he's found happiness. And I just I don't feel that. I'm kind of still cheering Todd along. Yeah, I want Todd, t- Todd to is by lives. far the the best part of this little yep. trio. That's why um, it was great. Paul, on Friday. I'm just. Oh. Paul's, Paul's better when he's both. not with Billy and Todd. I mean, yeah. we had a brief moment of of um, respite from it a few weeks ago, didn't we? Where we had those scenes with the Baileys and with Daniel. But yes. put him back get in the mix with him. Billy and, and, yeah. and Todd, it just drags him down. Yeah, get rid of and Paul in the romance stories. And, and, and I like Peter Ash as well. And I like that he is just as much into Nintendo as me. Wow. <laughs> I call him, you believe, his social media. And and Billy, I, was, I really want to like, but this is just, oh, it's just not doing it for me. It's really especially tragic when you're, like, really willing somebody to do well. And, and it's like, you, like, do we owe these people our goodwill? You know, then I want everyone to do well. They're not real people, but I, I want for the... We're talking about the, the characters, <laughs> for sake, for them to achieve their goals. Because if they do, then we'll all enjoy ourselves, won't we? Yeah. But um, Billy, I just can't. I just want him to be fired into the sun by with a big cannon or something. I, I don't, see. I don't, and that's what I was saying about what not being able to let go. I want him to be redeemed. I want him to not be with. Definitely, I don't want him to be with Paul. I actually quite like the idea of him being with Todd. And maybe that's just, you know, it brings back memories of happier happier times when those two were together. And I know it was it was um, old Todd then, but I, I think that that's much more exciting a pairing than Billy and, and Paul, which just Now Todd's got his claws into Billy. Do you think that that's his end goal? Or do you think that he has another trick up his thing? No, it, let's tell you what. 
Well, should we talk about Let's what happened? Let's say what happened first, and then we will Two, share see, theories, look, thoughts. You said you didn't like this storyline, you found it really boring. But we, I honestly think this has generated the most discussion and the most interest this week. Yeah. So, what, are, are, we, are we sort of saying it's not that boring, or what? Because I said to you, when something's annoying to you, it's not necessarily a bad thing for the show. Like, the show thrives on, sometimes, that kind of negative attention and riling people up. But only if we're, if they want to rile this up. But this does it. The, I don't know. I think that, that they're being provocative. I don't know. Okay, well, I hope, I hope it's part of a grand plan. What has happened this mistake. week? Remind our dear viewers. On just in Monday, case they dropped, dripped, bleh, drifted off to sleep. On, yeah. Like you said, Todd's the best part of this whole thing. So the bits with Todd in were actually interesting. So on Monday, he's got this job offer in Bromsgrove, his mate's offering to him, and he says... I feel really bad for the, any viewers in Bromsgrove this week, because I never, off, whenever anybody mentioned it, it was like, oh, Bromsgrove, Who Bromsgrove. Who want to go there for? Which is, uh, do you know where Bromsgrove is? No. It is in the Midlands. Is it? Yes. I, oh, I really? I thought it was though. somewhere... Well, I don't know, I just, I, just, I just Googled it. So it's apparently Bromsgrove. near the place of my birth. Right, well, um, he turns down the job there because he doesn't want to go to Bromsgrove. Who would? Mm. Even people in Bromsgrove apparently hate it. He says to Eileen, he's considered, he considered going because of all this aggro he's had with Billy. And Eileen suddenly, out of nowhere, this was really irritating to me, decided that her, her only goal in life is to keep her son under her roof because she's missed him so very much. And um, she just loves him, a man in his 30s living in her house. I don't know. This made sense to me. No, I thought the fact that he, she's, I mean, up until a few months ago, she was worried that he was dead or something, and she, she's only just got him back. Yada yada. I, I'm not surprised that she. She can live without him. So I'm saying she could, but I, I, I'm don't not surprised that she doesn't want to move. Child away. to live in your house with you by guilt tripping them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Most parents can't wait for you to leave. <laughs> so anyway, Paul comes, and don't you think that Eileen is of the ilk that you know? When you get to university, I'll give you a frying pan and five pound note, you get out of my house, never come back. I think it may be, but that's not what it has, you know. She's also of the ilk that has kept Todd and for a long time Jason living there with her. She's kind of a weirdy, weirdy boomerang woman. Like, she, one minute she hates you and the next minute she doesn't want you to ever leave the and house. She, and she likes a full house, doesn't she? I think she's got a scam going on. <laughs> so she says, look, don't let Billy put you off living with me. Your lovely mumsy mums, mumsy moo. I made you a massacre, remember? So Paul comes into the factory to clear his locker out because he's left. You might have forgotten. <laughs> I, did, I never know where everyone works there anymore. Why is it taking him so long to clear his locker out? Though? Todd asks him about Jimmy, who is the guy that they, he was dating. Mm. And he says, Jimmy with an I on the end, as in Jimmy Harkishan. Oh, nice. Yes, nice tribute. Sort of Apparently he was a bit too keen. And he doesn't know if he wants to see him again or not. And then Paul sees Billy in the cafe and it all gets really awkward. And Paul thinks Billy's patronising him. And he's like, oh, how, how did you get on with this guy? And he's like, look, leave me alone. Billy sees Todd later and says, oh, I just made an idiot of myself in front of Paul. I, I think I still care for him. And Todd offers a sympathetic ear. So at this point, Billy's not dating anybody, right? Correct. And he broke up with, Todd, with Paul because Billy managed to get them apart. Yes? Yes. I've forgotten how. What? No, Todd. Todd. Todd broke them up. It was, it was, it was up when Paul that bloke went and smashed up the piano, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Right, Todd tells Which Eileen. The, the problem with this, again, is that it's been, you know, a month and a half, two months or so since that happened, I think. And I, 
the details are kind of are forgetting. Todd tells Eileen he's going to go to Bronzegrove and take this job because it's too complicated to be around here. And he sort of like smirks as he goes into the kitchen. So you can tell this is all part of his plan. So he Eileen goes and moans to Billy and says that you have forced Todd to go to Bromsgrove of all places. Billy catches up with Todd and says, don't leave me. And Todd says, there's only one thing that would stop me going to Bromsgrove. And if that is if you take me back because I still love you. Do you think we have any listeners in Bromsgrove? If you if if you're listening to this What's and you're Bromsgrove from Bromsgrove, like? yeah, well, is it as bad as curry makes out? Should we go there for a, a socially distanced fan well, yeah, meetup? I mean, next next time we go up to up to the Midlands to see my dad, maybe we can pop over to Bromsgrove and see what the fuss is about. See where where Todd could go mm. for a job. Did we, I can't remember <laughs> whether he even said what the job was. <clears throat> it's going to be double the amount he's getting down here. Apparently, up there. I mean, Billy says. Todd, you're just trying to manipulate me. And he's like, no, no, why would you say that? I'm putting my feelings on the line here. And Billy gets all riled up and he says, how dare you speak to me about about that? You left, you abandoned Summer all those years ago. You don't care about anybody. And then Summer's like, well, did somebody say my name? Um, Todd takes Summer into the cafe and explains to her what's happened and he wants to go to Bromsgrove. And she's upset, as anyone would be, and says, look, I didn't mean to go. I wanted Billy to stop me. But he won't. He's so mean. Um, and he came on to me a few months ago and he made me think he loves me, but he doesn't because he's so cruel. Then he ends up with, Todd ends up with Paul in the pub and Paul's like, oh no, what's going on? He's really so dumb. <laughs> Todd says, as soon as Billy realises Paul doesn't need him anymore, the sooner he'll leave you alone, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's t- he tells Paul, look, if you want to cut ties with Billy... Go and tell him. Go to Bromsgrove, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Summer reports back to Billy and says, do you have feelings for Todd? He's like, of course. It doesn't mean that I'm going to act on them. And he says, what? She says, what about Paul? And he says, oh, I don't want to hurt him either. And Summer says, look, you're both hurting, you're hurting both of them because you're not explaining anything and nobody knows what's going on. Must be such a burden to be a hot vicar and have two people... Fighting over you. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it must be such a burden to be a, a, a child involved in the sex lives of three useless adults. I know. She seems like to be the most mature one out of the lot, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, running this, around this between everybody, giving each other messages. Like, oh, Billy, Todd gave me this to give to you. It's a bit of paper. It says, do you like me? Yes or no? You've got to check which one. And, and Billy's like, ooh, Summer... Oh, I don't know which one. Oh, I'll tick in the middle. Take it back. <laughs> Mixed messages. So, um, Todd spies on Paul, telling Billy that he's moved on and he's going to see Jimmy tonight. And Paul walks off because Billy can't tell him how he feels. And then Todd comes in and says, come back to mine. So they go back and Billy admits to Todd that he's still got feelings for Paul. So maybe Todd should go to Bromsgrove. And, and Todd can't believe this because his bluff has been called. And this isn't his plan at all. He, we, can, we can see. But this is the thing with Todd. I always think he's got I another double bluff on so his sleeve. So did I. And, and then that's one of the things I really do like about him. I couldn't, I just can't, can't figure really him do out. You, don't, you really can't read him. You don't know to trust him. I, I don't know thing. what his motivations are. Honestly, that's a good thing that Gareth Pierce has managed to capture about this character. That um, it's one of the main traits of, of Todd. It's that you never know what he's, go- what he's up to. Yeah, because when all this time this has been going on, it's like, does, does Todd actually fancy Billy? Does he want to we get back with Billy? Or does he just tell. want to screw things up for him and Paul? Does he maybe want to have a crack at Paul himself? Don't you just know. don't know. And it did feel this week that he 
did really love Billy. But if you turn around next week and, you know, you pulls the rug out from underneath him, it wouldn't surprise me. Eileen finds finds Todd moping in the dark and he's like, oh, this job was just a thing I I did to try to trick trick Billy and I tried to manipulate him and it's all backfired and now I'm definitely going to Bromsgrove and I'm watching this going... Oh, I don't know. I know. Are you lying again? I don't know. <laughs> I never believe anything he says. That's why I really find him fascinating. So on Wednesday, Thursday, Eileen is still oh, yeah, trying... on Wednesday on all my notes this week. Elaine's, uh, Elaine? Eileen is still trying to persuade Todd to stay, but he's like, no, no. We said um, after, after Thursday's episode... It felt like we should have been going off and recording the yeah. podcast at that point, didn't it? It's the end of the week. It's an hour-long episode. I've done all my work. Yeah, not going into work the next day. Yeah, it was very discombobulating. So, Paul's had a restless night. Billy comes into the cafe and says, how was your date? And Paul's a bit cagey. He says, oh, it went really well. And Billy's like, well, I wish you well and good luck. But it looks sad. Oh, sad. Um, Todd goes to um, the factory and says to Sarah, I'm leaving. And she says, oh, that's sad. And he's like, yeah, now. And she says, what? No, you're not. You've got two weeks. You've got to work your notice out. And she, he says, no, I'm not. I'm going to go now because I'm sad and heartbroken. I don't know where this two-week notice period is all the other times when characters need no. to do a sudden flit. This is the first time anyone's actually objected to somebody saying, I'm leaving tomorrow. I think they even mentioned about Paul quitting his job at the factory and she was like, oh, there's different circumstances for him. Well, it was. It literally is like anyone can put stuff in a box. Yeah. The talents of, of Paul are not in boxing. Ah, uh, okay. Boxing things up. And and she says, oh, he's such a stellar salesman. I really think Todd would be a fantastic salesman because he could just... Yeah, I don't know whether we actually saw him doing people. any selling at the factory, did we? I mean, you never we... see anybody doing anything and it uh, would be so easy. Very good point. It would be so easy to have them on the phone doing funny sales calls like in the office or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of potential with his new job at least, isn't there? He showed his... His panache as a salesman. Yes, Just true. to that grieving widow this this uh, evening. Spoiler. Well, I want more I want more people on the phone and more talk of gussets. There's no point having a nicker factory unless you're going to have people on the phone getting mad about gussets. So, and so, she's like, fine, she gets really mad. And then she's like, I don't care, I'll replace you, whatever, bye. Then we get somewhere on Twitter, Eileen. do you want to be sales? I am sales. Oh, what? <laughs> you haven't made any sales the whole time you've been here. I thought that you were HR. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Summer and Eileen are upset. Todd's getting ready to leave. He's like, I'm really going. I'm really going. I'm so mad. Anyone want to hug me? Anyone want to say no. goodbye? Uh, Paul is moping around outside the corner shop with Daniel. He's like, because don't forget, Daniel and Paul now live together. Yes. After he made a terrible job of fixing yeah, Daniel's... Yeah, his uh, cupboard, didn't he? Cupboard Kitchen door. cupboard. Uh, he says, declare your love to Billy. What have you got to lose? So, Billy comes home. He's had a hard morning. The, 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 apparently, the church has fallen down, which seems to me to be a far more drastic problem than anything else that's going on. But he's like, nah, it's just one of those things, you know, churches always... Love fall. life first. Yes. Tumble down church second. Make one of those thermometers with the money amounts yeah. to get yeah, the get a new ro- ro- roof. Um, Summer says, Todd's leaving. And he's like, or Todd's left even. And he's like... Oh, that's sad. We'll miss him, won't we? Summer says, you can, you can, you, I think you still love him. You should go and see if you can catch him before he leaves and tell him. <sighs> so, Paul runs. <laughs> Sorry, we're halfway through Wednesday now. Billy Come on, comes running. This is more interesting to read this than it was to watch it. I don't know what's, what was. It's, it's my just... skill as a, oh, as a synopsizer. Yeah. 
Um, Billy runs out to go and catch up with Todd and Paul finds him and says, um, I don't really like Jimmy. In fact, actually, I was on my own last night. I just wanted you oh, to yeah, be yeah, jealous. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Paul um, um, stops him because he's, he's yeah. coming down to run to the tram I stop and Paul's there, isn't he? Yeah. I thought he said Is that. Is head all in the spin again? He's like, I wanted you to be jealous. I love you. I want you back. And Billy's like, oh, for God's sake. No, I can't trust you anymore. You lied to me about Jimmy. <laughs> then he runs off, finds Todd. He's been standing outside the tram shop probably for all all morning. He's trying to figure out bag. how to get up to the platform. He was, he was like, you know, I've been in that hole and there's nothing there. And people come in and out of it. That's what I don't <laughs> understand. And didn't somebody like, get mugged in there the other day? I, I think God it's like where. Hogwarts in there, isn't it? You just yeah. have to take a run. flu through the, No, no, not Hogwarts. Oh. Sorry, uh, platform nine and three quarters. You just have to, you have to you have get, get you have your to trolley like, and just no, believe you can you do it like and run it. You have to in the right tile. And then yeah. you just sort of whoop You're appearing through. up on the platform. Um, that's a reference to the fact that the set doesn't go anywhere in case it's anybody wants to. Yeah. A tiled cupboard. Yeah, a lovely tiled cupboard. You could have, make that into a nice utility room. <laughs> you put a nice sink in there. Toilet. Yeah, why not? I've lost where I am, that's why I'm talking about toilets. <laughs> I don't know where you are. Um, um, anyway, Todd's saying that he yeah. needs, that he needs oh, no, to no, go. No, no, he's like, please don't go. And Todd's like, no, 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 Bromsgrove needs me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, and he's like going, I've got to go. My tram's in three minutes. And I, I knew he wasn't getting on the tram, but I was getting really anxious. Like, he's going to miss his bloody tram. It's three minutes. You should be on the platform by now. You've got to walk up the stairs. I know there's nothing there, but you know the platform's up in the air and you're down on the floor, don't you? Get up there. It's three minutes. It's going to be there before three minutes, probably. And then you'll get there and the doors will close and you'll look like a right twonk. Well, it doesn't matter at the end matter, of the day, does he? No. does not go to Bromsgrove. He doesn't go. He stays. They go to the Rovers He's together. said bad things about Bromsgrove all day long. So, they're going to give things another go. They go and they find Paul in the Rovers and they say, Paul, give him things another go. And Paul says, I'm dead angry about this. I can't believe you've fallen for his manipulations. And then he whinges at Gemma about it and says, Todd set this whole thing with Jimmy up to get me to look bad or something. And Gemma's like, hmm, yes, he is quite manipulative. He could be onto something there. Todd and Billy go back to the flat. Todd is still moping because people were like, oh, they can't see past old Todd. <laughs> they did, they Todd. literally said something like that, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, very ironic. A little uh, bit sly nod and a wink that it was a slightly meta. So then we see Paul moping around in the street and he looks <laughs> up like a tiny orphan. He looks up like, um, like the orphan on Christmas morning outside of, um, what's his face? Scrooge's Scrooge's window. Scrooge's. You, young boy, it's the goose to the devs. What day is it today? It's April Fool's Day. <laughs> yeah, you're dumped. <laughs> Closes the curtains and he's all sad because Todd, Todd drew the curtains in, in Billy's flat and he's left there. Hubba hubba. Like the sad bunny. Might as well have picnic. had his top off. Yeah, why not? Maybe he's got it in his contract. No topless. Like, have we had a topless Todd? I, thought, I have a feeling we have. You can do without all of that, thanks. On Friday, Summer is thrilled hear that Billy and Todd were back together and I can't believe she went off somewhere didn't she I think she went to a sleepover and they didn't bother telling her she like spent all night and apparently she was devastated the fact that Billy her basically adopted father has left for Bromsgrove never to return Todd was going to leave for Bromsgrove Todd that's what what did I say you said Billy well yeah Todd's supposed to be going to Bromsgrove and she was devastated and and then she then he just changed his mind and let her be at a sleepover all day and she obviously didn't give a crap about it because you'd think she'd be sad but no she had a great time and she's just like oh brilliant brilliant news i think they quite often do that on coronation street when 
this half of a family, you know, have some kind of decision or revelation or something in at, at bedtime, and then it's like just casually brought up over breakfast the next like, day. Okay, pass the toast. Mm. Um, she feels a bit bad for Paul. Billy says Paul understands that Todd has always been the one for him. What a bitchy thing to say. Arlene's chuffed because he's not going to leave. And she says, you need to go to Grovel to Sarah for your job back. It doesn't work. She's not having him back. We don't see any of that, no. though, which is odd. No Sarah Lou today. Mm-hmm. Then, new set alert. This is, like, brilliant. I love this. George has opened his new funeral parlour on Victoria Street. Yes, in next the... To the vi- next to the... The council park. building. We haven't seen the outside of it yet, no, have we? I'm like looking to forward to seeing it. I am so excited about this. This is great. He's opening on Wednesday and he's just setting everything up. But his assistant, you wouldn't believe it, he's only gone and left him for a big chain. There's an opening in the funeral parlour. Todd comes round. I th- if I was Todd, I'd be very wary about this because, I mean, is this I the same assistant who couldn't drive the hearse no, a few weeks ago? Or is this one. somebody else as well? It's or, like, what's going on? Is George... It's George Shuttleworth, the Meghan Markle of Coronation Street. All of her, all of his staff keeps disappearing mysteriously because oh, of his maybe. bad behaviour. I think that he's he's just trying to drum up business for himself by killing off all his own old assistants. Allegedly. Yeah, well, it would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Nobody's dying. Kill off an assistant and get the grieving family to pay for it. Allegedly. Conspiracy. Oh yes, I love this. And, and who Shuttled better to off. help than Todd? So, um, yeah, Todd comes around and says, oh, my mum says, you're looking for work. And George says, I haven't got time to train you and I'm not interested. Um, but meanwhile, he goes and he's like... He says it very loudly next to this grieving woman. Who yeah, and he walks off like... and leaves Todd there with this woman. She's not grieving. I think she's buying herself a funeral. Oh, is she? I think she's getting herself a funeral plan. Oh, yeah, you might be right. So he, he walks off and's like... Grieving for her future self <laughs> is what I meant to oh, say. Oh, isn't that just what life's about? George has got his, his phone's ringing in the back. He goes off and leaves Todd there and, and Todd comes over and says, hello, I'm the new assistant. And she's like, yes, yes, I didn't hear you being told to leave. Yeah, half a metre away from me. So he upsells her on her funeral plan and George is like, this is the sort of go get him attitude that I really need in a funeral parlour. You're the perfect person, considering that you're too, too tactless for Tracy in the florists. You're going to be fantastic here. Yeah. And do you think he'll be able to get a nice discount off Tracy by sweet-talking her for the funeral flowers? Because I do. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, George did say a few weeks ago, this is the perfect place with, yeah. the, with all the local amenities. Yeah. So that that was a, a positive end to got, a naff story, your, wasn't it? You got your pub for your grieving, your wake, you got your garden to scatter the ashes in, you got your local car for d- deliciously discounted you got your speed fair trade your food. funeral curry. You got your funeral kebabs around the corner. Yeah. yeah. You got your funeral cafe with a funeral lady working behind the counter exactly perfect um well let, let's but let's let's go talk about that a bit first then because that was a bit that excited us the most just the fact that we got this new set very nice wasn't it lovely well, I mean, it was, well, lovingly designed what i liked most about it was the fact that coronation street has actually put some pictures on their social media about it which does they don't often do do they see it feels like this was a bit new today we, they put like seven eight or so behind the scenes shots of the new funeral pile all different very, angles and everything it's, it's very traditional it's very victorian looking it's got that that um, green classic like um, lawyer office lamp and uh, like um, mahogany wood stuff everywhere and urns and nice display cases and a nice lily painted on a stained glass window. Yeah, but on the um, 
on the, on the if you check it out on Corey's social media on their Instagram, there's like behind the scenes sketches of all the different um, of like the building. I've, I've never seen this from another set before. There's pit, there's pictures from like Midway designing it. There's um, pictures of the stained glass windows, like you said. Got lovely. Um, it's lovely green. It's green and cream, isn't it? Yes. And orange. It's. I mean, it's not. It's not really to my personal taste, but it looks like but I would like a imagine parlor. a funeral parlour yeah. would would. You don't want to, to come look. into a funeral parlour and it looks like a blooming Starbucks. <laughs> like oh, I could stay here for hours. Yeah. That what I really like as well, and they highlighted this in one of the pictures. There's that little picture of um of Archie on the on one of the sh- shells, but also a really cool uh, like old drawing from this like hundred years ago it's supposed to be of Shuttleworth's funeral parlours with one of those old cars next to it they've really done a good job of making it feel like a real place haven't they yeah I love it um, I'm looking forward to seeing more scenes there the fact that they've I'm, got a yeah. whole they've, they've gone to the trouble of doing this makes it sound like we're going to be seeing a lot in here yes and it makes it makes sense to have a funeral parlour on Coronation Street we talked about it a few months ago when the well, other, I said uh, I wasn't sure the idea I was think. mooted I said I wasn't really sure, but now Todd's going to be working that. I am completely on board with this. It's going to be so many hilarious, really inappropriate things that happen. Well, this is what this is my slight worry. I mean, I didn't particularly have a problem. I don't think with the comediness of Ted's funeral. No, it was everything else surrounding it that I didn't like. But I don't know whether some viewers will be a bit. Some people are going to be offended sensitive. by this for sure because we had yeah we had the people saying that it was inappropriate for them to do the funeral hijinks. So having a funeral parlour hijinks certainly not going to be any better, is it? Mm. Um, I just think it's it's a genius idea to put him there because he you know, he he's he's just he's literally gonna be conning the mourners, isn't he? Yeah. And and he's also the fact that he seems to have you know, he, I know he has feelings and everything, but I, I I think that he'd be absolutely fine, you know, working with the, the dead bodies and everything. I think he can turn off his yes, human there instincts. will be a mortuary there, won't there? Yeah, George, George says he got the mortuary down the left, the chapel arrest down the back. Oh dear, um, I'm so excited about this I now. I, have you got any like ideas of things that could happen there? Well, yeah, I'm thinking like obviously at some point we're going to get a much beloved character is going to be laid to rest, and people are going to look at them and look at them in the coffin. Yeah, there's probably going to be some kind of horrible thing that happens in the mortuary. Um, I wonder whether there's going to be any kind of. See what I like about Todd, about what I liked about him during the Feeling story, because this is what I'm. This is what it reminds me of. Like when he was, was he working? He was, was he working, working in the lawyer's the, office. Or was he working for Feeling a little he was bit? Working I think. As like, I think he was he working, working property, with property. Yeah, property. maybe. Um, I, there, there could be some kind of dodgy dealings, like you know, some drugs stashed in the coffins or something like the that. St- uh, stuffed inside the corpses. Yeah. I I I think yeah, it but is. But that means he won't be there for very long. I'm thinking this is as a long term thing. Well, I, I don't know how long they want to keep Arch, Archie, sorry, George on the show. Um, well, they've gone to a lot of money, uh, time, and expense of um, of putting this set together. I mean, I say it feels right to have it on Coronation Street because people are dying all the time, but they're not. Like, there's not, you know, that many deaths there's on Coronation Street. Two, like three or three or four deaths. Maybe one major death a year. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's going to be used as frequently as, say, Roy's Rolls is. Unless no, they, there's always they're... going to be. It's going to be a bit like the... Um, I tell you what, I tell you what, this is kind of a stroke of genius. They should have done it last year. Because the place for people to hang around as, like, extras used to be the Rovers yeah. and the Bistro and everything... Or the hairdressers, where you get funny people coming in and having their hair done. You can't do that at the moment because you can't get the actors that close to people. So there's not really anywhere where 
the the residents of Coronation Street can interact with like quirky newcomers or like people that are only in it for an episode or two. Mm. So this is a really great way of having that kind of influx of of weirdos. Well, do you think people are just going to be popping in? Or would, no, or well, talk... they'll come in, you know, they'll come in when they need to. Mm, It'd be okay. really funny if there was a serial widow who kept coming in and it was never mentioned. <gasps> yeah, that would be really funny. And she's like, oh, hello, Mrs. Mrs. What's your name this time? <laughs> yeah. The, the, if, I hope they've thought a lot about it and, uh, and come up with much more creative ideas than I can think of, but... And and I, it's hopefully going to mean more George as well because he's been on the show for a fair while now, and I still don't really feel like we've got to know him particularly. It looks like this is going to be the beginning, you know, the second second start of George on Coronation Street. It's also clearly going to lead to him and Eileen together. I mean, here's here's a comedy scene. There's going to be George and Eileen um, are going to be probably necking in the chapel of rest or something yeah. at some point or... and then Todd will open the doors and gonna... go come through Mr gonna... Blah oh my gosh close the doors quickly or are they going to be are they going to have a secret relationship somebody... and they have to they have to hide inside coffins yeah, or something say, so somebody people don't hide catch in a them at it or, or somebody will be hiding in a coffin or hide somebody yeah and we'll um, and um, Eileen and George I mean you know what Toya and Imran are like in their lawyer's <laughs> office when nobody's there Eileen and George are going to be at it and Todd's going to be inside a coffin for some Girl, reason <laughs> and having to listen to his mum and George are Great. smooching or worse I don't know um, there's going to be lots of there's going to be so so many people that can get like Tracy can be there yeah doing flower stuff you, you're going to get you, whoever somebody's going to be the cleaner surely they can go in there maybe um, at some point they might need somebody to do paperwork they might need to get lawyer people in for stuff I don't know I just think yeah. that it's um, a really interesting idea for a set and just just putting Todd in there is just putting a, Todd in it is, is, is what the, it needs. It's what, like yeah. it's like the magic little tap it's of the, the, the wands that, to to, yeah. to set it alive. It's a thing that they needed to get me on board with this idea because I yeah. think I was pretty down on it. Mm. Tell you what, I when I was because th- I'd heard about this a little while ago and I was you trying sneak. to think of other storyline titles, but I couldn't think of one. But I was getting close. You know how we uh, had our um, what's the German story we had last year? Oh, so Toya uh, Toya Battersby. Well, do you know what Todd means in German? No. Dead. <laughs> so there's probably some kind of storyline potential Have there. they got some kind of German storyline or something in there? <laughs> Where do we come up with the ideas of our stories? We're just, just looking look through at, a German just dictionary. Look up and what see. their names mean in different languages. <laughs> that's just German, I think. Um, anyway, so that's that's all quite exciting, unlike the Billy and Paul thing, which. Romance I don't know stories how much. never really work for me. The only thing that's good about this is Todd, you don't know what he's up to. No, but then. I, has he got what he wanted now? I think I think he has, but the, my my problem with this, partly, is that it's clearly not over because I don't think that Coronation Street has any intention of keeping those two together, which is a shame because if if I was going to put anyone together in this, you know, uh, trio of I can't think of People. anything. I was going. No, I was just going to see if I can think of anything alliterative for that, but no, I couldn't. You couldn't. Um, then I'd I'd want it to be Billy and Todd. I've got. Absolutely zero desire to see Paul and Billy together. Billy, Billy is Todd. a massive. Hmm? No, so you, got... you're happy with how it is. I'm happy with how yeah. it is, but I'm not really happy with how it is because I know it's not going to stay like yeah, this. Because you're worried I would that they're going to eat gonna... my hat if they didn't by the end of the year have Billy and Paul shacked up together, if not married. Billy and Paul. Yep, that's where it's going because we're supposed to be feeling sorry for Paul, but I'm sorry, I don't. 
Paul is um, so much better away from Billy. He's not the most inspiring a character for me anyway, but at least when they had him working with Daniel and Ed the other week, it was something a bit different for him. Um, and that's Daniel, the character, not Daniel Brocklebank. Yes, because it's so confusing. <laughs> um, it, he, he, it, it, Billy just seems like... I've seen the word predatory bandied about online when you think about Billy's behaviour towards Paul, and it kind of does feel like it. It it doesn't feel like an equal relationship. I mean, um, Dan Brucklebank between, Billy between and Billy Paul. and Paul. There, there's a five a year age gap. Yeah. There's a five year age difference between the actors, but a ten year age difference between the characters. Um, to to me, and and I think I think Peter Ash, um, is does appear a bit more youthful than his actual age would suggest because he's thirty six, I think. Um, and I, and I would put him as a bit younger. Whereas Dan Brocklebank, um, he's he's only forty one, but because we you know the grey beard and everything, it makes him seem a bit and older. The fact so he's it, such a square. It be, it feels like <laughs> this is you know it feels almost like Catholic priest praying on the choir boy kind of territory. And I, it's not great, is it? It's not a good look. No, it really, really doesn't. I I just don't think that I don't know why. I don't get what the appeal is for Paul. And he was confessing his undying love for him um, on, on, at the doorstep on Wednesday's episode. And I was just like, yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. But yet, I, oh, yeah. Go on. No, but I can see the attraction because Paul's a vulnerable guy and he's not had a lot of stability in his life. Yeah, he's not. You can't get much and... more stable than the blimmin' local vicar, can you? And to be fair as well, he's got a bit in of theory. a messed up past when it comes to, you know, father figures in his life and and romance and, and you know the combination of the two of. yeah uh however i was saying i didn't believe it when paul was telling billy that he really loved him but what i did believe was when i, I think that actually dan brocklebank did a good job in the scene outside um number 11 on monday's episode when he was telling todd that he wanted to get back together with him and um, when he was like desperately saying oh i want to get back together with you i, I kind of believed that which which is why in my head, if if anyone's going to get together, then it should be those two. Interestingly, I, I don't. We haven't talked at all about how Todd's new job could in any way affect. That's what I was going to say. Billy. I was going to say actually, I forgot to say that. But Billy could be um, quite a fixture in that space. I don't think that in real life a vicar would spend a lot of time in a funeral parlour, but um, we could definitely imagine him sort of dropping by, going, "Oh, hi, George. Just uh, making sure that the uh, the body's yeah. still here." <laughs> I I wonder whether. <laughs> I wonder whether um, Todd's going to be getting up to mischief there and Billy's going to catch on to it because it's to do with a funeral that he's going to be organising at the church. You really think that Todd's going to wreck this job? Because you're thinking he's going to be like he was when he was working with Pat, but I think he's going to be like he was when he was working with Tracy, where he's just rude to everybody. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I can't see that he's going to get up to mischief because... That would then put a shelf life on how long he can work there. Because there was always a shelf life with how long he was going to work with Pat because we knew Pat wasn't going to be in the show forever. Everything, there's so much on Coronation Street it seems to have a short shelf life though, doesn't it? It's like they, they have an idea for a story and, like, and it oh, plays out before, like, yeah. oh, now, now what? Let's split them up. Let's yeah. get them fired. Now Let's move sacked. them on to their next adventure. Let's go to Bromsgrove. Let's have a bit of stability with this one, I think. Um, so we, we put up a Twitter poll the other day, well, you did. I um, love Twitter polls. 
we need to do them more often. And if this one's uh, anything to go by, then um, they certainly get the, the, the Twitter sphere engaged. This is by far the most responsive we've ever had on a Twitter poll, isn't it? We've got 5,574 votes on this. And I would like to say thank you very much to the ITV Curry Twitter account for liking it, which is what I think I uh, gave boosted it the boost. It, yeah. And Dan Brocklebank retweeted it this morning as well to Brilliant. give it another little boost. But yeah, 5,500 people voted in this. What do you, who do you and want? Which combination? Yeah, which combination of characters do you want together and, this and i went was up during thursday's episode yeah. and finished during fridays and it's it's funny because I, i'd been moaning before the results started coming in and saying oh obviously coronation street wants us to want billy and paul together but clearly they're not suited together well twitter says otherwise because 73 percent of the respondents in this poll voted for billy and paul to get to be together so they're obviously fuming at the moment at the fact that billy and todd are together but don't worry everybody that's not going to last. I've got no... Um, You're going to put money down. I, I put money on down that this is not going to last. You're going to put money uh, down that Billy and Paul will be married by the end of 2021. Or planning it. You know, it, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Together, a together, yes, maybe not married, I don't know. Billy and Todd together, which is... if. I suppose that's Which who what's I would. Happened that's now. what's happened now, and who I would prefer to be together is only six percent. So everyone, everyone is like saying, "I hate Todd." We got we got loads of responses to this this as well, didn't we? And people really, really don't like Todd. Look, um, and um, and it's Todd funny, but uh, let me just say, Billy and Paul got seventy three percent. Billy and Todd got six percent, and then I put Todd and Paul in there just for a laugh. Two percent. I mean, that's still a fair amount. None of the above. Hundred people. Nineteen percent. Yeah, no, no, yeah, tw- yeah. Fifth of the uh, of the people who responded don't want any of them to get together, and I suppose maybe that's what I would vote for. But yeah, seventy three percent, Billy and Paul, um, and they and they all seem to hate Todd. And a lot I, of people I, don't I, like I'm, Billy either. I think I think Paul's the one who's got out of. This. everybody seems to love Paul and lots of people are saying Paul deserves better and that's the other option isn't it that when um, Todd inevitably screws up and Paul sees his true colours because it's been suggested by Gemma oh I think that maybe Todd is being manipulative here so it's going to come out the question is then is Paul going to go boomeranging back to Billy again or is he going to go actually no screw you I, I, I told you I wanted to be with you you chose Todd over me I'm going out with James now, let's say. I, I don't know. Um, well, we've got so many eligible bachelors on the street now, don't we? Oh, yeah. Well, we've I mean... Got, now we've got Paul, Sean and, and James with nobody to go out with. We've got Jimmy, who's, who could come back. Don't forget. And um, we've got... What's Todd's boss called at the call centre? What happened to oh, him? Jay, was it? Yeah, RJ. RJ, that's right. Yeah. Um, That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, so everybody's saying that Paul deserves better, and I'm thinking, does he though? Paul's just a just a dumb idiot, isn't he? I just don't. I've got, I think he he, 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 he just is. kind of like fumes at everything. All yeah, the time. he, he just is. He's of, just like, just that's confused and angry. Yeah, he does. He's like a caveman <sighs> who's been like catapulted into the modern day, and he can't work a tablet. Yeah, but like, my day tablets were made of stone. Uh, <laughs> Yes, but I, 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 I'd like to see him happy, but I, I wouldn't say he deserves. No, he doesn't. I mean, happiness. he's had he's... a crap life, but so's yeah. everyone on Coronation Street. Whereas, I mean, does Todd deserve happiness? Not I, really. I'm, I'm no, just... he's a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I'm a lovable just bastard. Very, very glad how I've been convinced by the new Todd. I'll say yeah. it again, like if you were to tell me a year ago, <sighs> and 
good I, job, I, everybody. I, you know, I prefer things if things have gone the other way, blah, blah, blah. blah but blah, blah, um, blah. Gareth Pierce has done such a fantastic job of making me like him and making me believe he's Todd. I'm not yeah. watching him going, that's not Todd, that's not Ted, where I still am with Summer. And I think this is oh, probably the Summer. most, in the past week, this is the most we've probably seen of Summer. I'm not, I'm not, I think dungarees. I'm past the stage where she comes on and I go, who's that? The dungarees so are not thing. fooling anybody, costume department. I know, they're I'm doing usually, really, I'm usually What do really, young people wear? Like, the costume department is usually brilliant and totally on point and, and do a fantastic job with all their characters. And when they do a good job unfortunately it becomes invisible because it just looks like oh yeah of course they're wearing that that's what they would wear but with summer just looks so try hard and wrong like do do children wear things like that do teenagers wear dungarees she looks like somebody just opened like just 17 from 1996 and went yep dungarees stripy turtleneck some kind of weird chain thing on her belt with big hoops on it Perfect. And I'm surprised they don't just give her, you know, like a lollipop or a hat with a propeller yeah. on the top or something, yeah. you know. She's <laughs> young, little, everybody. She's not rucksack. in her early 20s. What? Who said that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, God, it's just so not it's working. Really, it's really bad. And, and I, I don't hate her. So that's something. But I'm still not loving her. And I'm still no thinking. And I'm And I'm still thinking she's not she's not like Summer used to be. Yeah. Sorry. Whereas with Todd, I think he's doing a. Uh, he he's not exactly the same as Bruno's Todd, but he's as well, near as that. Let's be fair. When when I, it took me a long time to warm to to Gareth Pierce as, as Todd, um, so I, I I think we still got to wait. But Summer didn't come in that long after him. All right, it was it was nice. it was weeks or maybe a month or so. I, I it think. just is not working. No. I mean, I it's, I don't know whether she's going to come embroiled up in the teen storyline a little. A bit, lot of but... it's to do with the wardrobe. I I, I it's just because the... it's obnoxiously obvious that they're trying to go. Child. I just think that the casting department screwed up, and I'm not saying that she's a bad actress or anything. No, I think she's fine. We, we, we she's fine. We've not seen her. She hasn't have been given to anything much. to do. No. No. Um, we don't normally do, are normally so negative about people. Um, but she's doing as good a job as she can do. But I don't think that they're helping her at all in any way. No, no, not at all. Um, anything else for this story? I think we've had quite a, a nice impassioned discussion about this. Considering how much cause... we said we hated this story and thought it was boring, I think we've got quite into it. But this is the trouble. Something about when uh, Thursday's episode just was very unengaging and boring because when I read back what actually happened, I was m- much more engaged in it than I was watching it. it I wonder what it was. Is it a script thing? Is it a performance thing? I don't know. But yeah, Thursday, Thursday's episode pod- was and tr- dire. Yeah. So bad. And it wasn't just this story that was to blame. There are other things that happened on Thursday that we had us rolling our eyes. Maybe we'll get onto those in a little bit. Uh, Nina's cafe in the middle of the oh, street. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That w- that added to the overall we'll atmosphere there. of... We'll get there. ...being really objectionably so, stupid. Anyway, um, fresh start for Todd and Billy now. Let's, let's have... It's, it's just because it's a matter of time. It's got a matter of time until Paul comes and saves the day. He's got himself a new job. He's got himself a new man. Now he just needs a new place to live. I'm sure he's going to move in with Billy any minute oh, soon. Oh, yeah, of course. 
Well, Eileen's just shot herself on the foot, then, hasn't she? Don't get a Bromsgrove, I'll miss you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Um, right, who's the granddaddy? Still don't know, but there's a potentially a DNA test on its way that um, could solve this for us. So let's find out what happened with the Baileys this week. Monday was the was, was them in the uh, centre stage, really. So um, Ed, at the beginning of Monday's episode, is not too happy to see Michael talking to Ronnie about Grace. Uh, in the middle of the street. Um, apparently, they're going to do some blood tests to find out any more about this anemia that Glory's got because, obviously, um, we was it last week we learned, or a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember, must have been last week, that um, Glory is anemic and Ronnie is a carrier for sickle cell anemia. Anemia, is this right? Yes. And And, th- and they want to find out, sickle is that proof that they're related or something? Yeah. Um, R- Ronnie says he's going to go over and see Glory in the hospital later. I can't. I, the, this baby's name is not sticking with me. I'm. I'm either. Sometimes I'm thinking the baby's called Grace, and when I'm writing my notes, I'm writing Gloria a heck of a lot. Glory, not Gloria. Yeah. Right. Ed calls Aggie. We got more vis- video calls, and I'm, I'm actually quite enjoying them. And I know that's really rubbing some people up the wrong way, isn't it? The, these video calls and um and Lorna not being know what the there problem on the. Is. It, it this feels life... different and and very believable and very this now. This is life now. And and it's I mean we're all we're all thinking why they're having to do this and I'm sure it's not what they would originally want but yeah it, it really is yeah it's feeling not fine to me. Um anyway, he calls Aggie Ed does and says, oh, Ronnie's visiting Grace and Glory today. And Aggie says, look, we can't have Ronnie spending any more time with this kid. He thinks he's the granddad. He's just going to get those, he's going to, you know, stick with those ideas if the more time he spends with her, get rid of him. Um, And Ed is kind of given up. He thinks this is all hopeless. They've got this secret um, uh, about the Ronnie and Aggie relationship uh, years ago, 30 years ago. It's going to come out. What are we going to do? So Ronnie goes over to the hospital and he says to a nurse there that he's Glory's granddad because uh, he wants to know about this this sickle cell thing. Could well, I... she kind of assumes and he doesn't... Yeah, yeah that's right, that's right. She says, are you, are you the granddad? And he's like, yes, yes. I, yes I am. Um, by the way, I've got sickle cell um, disease or whatever. Could I pass this on to her? They can't really say, but she's glad to, to get that little nugget of information. Um, and she comes back and speaks to Michael later because she can't she can't tell Ronnie, but later she tells Michael that it is not sickle cell anemia that Grace. Oh, see, there we go. I'll say it again. Glory has got, um, and she says, "Oh yeah, your dad was worried about this." And speak of the devil, here he comes, your father, Ronnie. And Michael's like, "Hang on a minute, what's going on? He's not my dad." And Ronnie's like, "Oh, you just assume we were related." And the nurse is like. You said you said you were his dad. I don't think she. She kind of like ducks out, like something going. Yeah, she she does. Michael's just left confused by this. Why didn't? Why did Ronnie tell the hospital that he was a carrier anyway? Because even if, um, even if what Ronnie's saying is true, Michael thinks, and the nurse did get the wrong end of the stick. What's What's the point of Ronnie saying that I'm a carrier? Because. If then, if he's not, if he's just the uncle, then it wouldn't make any difference. And Ronnie kind of realises that he's been trapped a little bit and he kind of wants to tell the truth. Oops. So he does. I'm your dad. I I think I might be your dad, Michael. Um, Michael's mad. They go outside. 
Ed rocks up. He's fuming that this truth has come out. He says, no, Michael, I'm your dad. Whatever Ronnie says. And Michael's mad about this and he sends them both on their way. He just shuts them, shuts out everybody. He's got a lot basically, on his doesn't plate he? He's had this moment. massive bombshell dropped on him that Ed might not be his well, he's real also biological got a daughter dad. He's got a daughter in that's ICU. Them, yeah. And, and, uh, and his mum's, he, he, can't, he hasn't, can't, See his mum, because she's with Auntie Corona. Yeah, and his, uh, his brother's no use nor ornament, is he? So he's, oh. he's like, he's on his own a little as soon bit. As, as soon as James found out it was a girl, he's like, Fuck, girls football's boring. <laughs> girls can't play football. Oh, bye. <laughs> um, anyway, they, Ed and Michael later have a heart-to-heart in the hospital waiting room, and Ed swears, I'm your dad's son. And Michael says, goodbye, Edison. And storms oh, off. Harsh. I know. What a rude thing to say to one's father. I hear from David that if you call your parent by their actual name, that it shows disrespect. Exactly. I'm going to give it a try. Uh, Michael tells Grace what's happened at the end of the episode, and she says, "Look, you need to have a proper talk about this to your family." Uh, he says, "As far as I'm concerned, you and Gloria are the only Glory <laughs> are the only family that I've got now." That's so rude. Look, that's so rude. Edison only just found this out. Yes. So it's not his fault. Dee Dee is blameless. And James is too stupid to be blamed for anything. Uh, yeah, why is he so mad at Ed? Just because he kept it from him for a little bit. Yeah, I don't think it's apparent that, that Michael knows how long Ed's known for. Yeah. And Ed should really defend himself here because what was he supposed to do? Good point. Wednesday, Thursday, should I say. Ed is trying to apologise to Michael, but he doesn't want to hear it. So Ronnie goes to visit Ed at the yard later and says, look, I was the one that brought Michael up. I'm his dad, no matter what anybody says. Michael is listening into this. Again, we have more listening in. We had Todd skulking about in the Ginnel uh, earlier this week. Now we've got Michael round the corner. Listening to Ed Ed saying, oh, I love Michael. He's so important for me. I've raised him. I've done all this. And Michael kind of realises, I think, a little bit that Ed, yeah, has been... Fairly good dad over the years. He might not have finished the uh, finished the stairs back at home, but well, um, I mean, apart from that, he's been dad a yeah, solid dad. More effort in. Um, he says that he wants a private word with Ed. Michael does. He comes strolling in and uh, says, "Look, I know you're my dad, no matter what, but I think we should do a paternity test just in case." Oh, and Ed, this was re- I felt really annoyed by this. I felt Ed was such a such a manipulator here. Did you what manipulator? Because he was like. Oh, no matter what happens, I'm your dad. Oh, you don't need a test to know I'm your dad. I looked after you. It's like, yeah, but... They want to know, though, don't you? Yeah. Michael's because that... if you don't know, you're... you're oh, you can't... Like, it's also not his decision. Mm, and yeah. if he was... If he was, like... Is he worried that he really isn't the dad? I think I think because he must if he, be. Yeah. If he if he Because re- he doesn't know. He he does... He, he, well, yeah, he there's can't. There's no way... Okay. There's no way he can know... Um, but he doesn't want to risk finding out, does he? Whereas... No, I understand that, but it's not his decision to make, and it certainly isn't his um, prerogative to mm. to guilt trip Michael. And and it's kind of come up a little bit here with the sickle cell thing. But as we learn more about genetics, it is going to become slightly more uh, important to know who your parents actually are. Because yeah. we're learning more and more about um, different types of genetic disorders and how they're passed down. And if you don't know that you're related to somebody, you're not going to know that you need to get tested for things. Yeah, I mean, we've had we've, we've brushed on this whole thing about genetics and Coronation Street in the last few years with Jim having his... Um, what did he have? Um, don't remember. But he it, he yeah. had his, his congenitive condition, didn't he? And then well, Steve Ma- thought he'd, Steve he'd, thought he'd had it. and had it and then could... 
was it was it brought out of whether whether Emma could have it? I can't remember. It was certainly he was worried whether Amy could have it, but yeah. But anyway, uh, this might... is just becoming going to become more and more uh, an important thing. And I, I mean, they brought it up a little bit with Ollie about oh, where did Ollie get this from? But they never really yes. went anywhere. With yeah, it. you're right. But um, I really want them to do a proper story about genetic disorders and mm. Mm. stuff. Only a matter of time, I'm sure. Um, Anyway, Michael says, look, you, you're right, I'm not going to get this test done after all. Um, back at home, James gives... Well, because what is he supposed to do? Well, his dad's there basically saying, don't don't test me. Don't test me to see if I'm really your dad. I am really your dad, I promise. I've done everything a dad could ever do. No, he could have said... Oh, no, he could have... Oh, well, you know, Michael's, day, a bit, Michael's a big softie, though, isn't he? Yeah. Michael's very non-confrontational. I think as has Michael's father, Ed should just step back and do whatever Michael so, decides. Look, yeah, because... He if needs he's, to support if his he, son's decision. If he's come this. up to him and said, look, it's in my mind enough that I want to test, to try to talk him out of it, it's just going to make him feel bad about whatever he ends up deciding. Mm. Yeah. Uh, James offers some sage counsel to Michael back at home. Don't worry about it as it'll be forgotten about in a month, which is probably true. Um, yeah, in, in this... In this... Because well, the th- we've been in quite program. a long filming block at the moment. Well, you have anyway, says James. I've barely got my, uh, got my face on screen as usual. But um, yeah, people probably will have forgotten about it in a month. Um, but James is like, I mean, Michael's like, oh, I'm not going to forget who my dad is. So he goes over to the Rovers to see Ronnie. Remember, he's living there now um, and tells him that he's getting the test done. Ronnie's glad to hear this. Uh, but Michael has a massive go at him because of how humiliating the whole situation is. Anyway, he's sure that it's going to come back negative. You're not my dad. But what if it doesn't, says Ronnie. Uh, Michael is, meanwhile, getting more and more irate about this. Whatever the result of the test is, he says, I'm not having anything to do with you after this, Ronnie, because you're a selfish, vain man. And then he bogs off. That is a very rude thing to say to somebody just because they like to wear hats. He's so swish. He's, He's so, so stylish, dapper. isn't he? Yeah, Ronnie. Um, and we didn't really get much more of this on Friday. Um, Aggie's trying to phone Michael, but he puts the phone down on her. <laughs> Ed's still under the impression that Michael's not going to get this test done. Uh, and then when Michael goes along to the hospital later and finds Grace acting suspiciously chirpy... She's not chirpy, she's just like, oh, I've just got this iPad because I was looking at things. Well, it transpires that she's been on video call with Aggie, um, who's been having a look at old Glory. And Michael's not too happy about this because he doesn't want anything to do with Aggie. I can understand why... He's mad at her more than Ed because, I mean, he, he, to, be, to be fair, Aggie hasn't actually... Well, she just kept it from him, didn't she? Well, she said her story is we, were, we weren't even going out with each other. Yeah. You, me and your dad weren't dating. I went out with Ronnie first and the baby is Edison's and I've never thought anything different. And why he has a different story from hers, I don't know. And what the truth of the matter is, I don't know. I'm going to assume that considering how much effort Ronnie's got into to to get himself into this situation, he he must have a very good reason for thinking that is his kid. I'd have thought that maybe, you know, being a nurse, Aggie might have had a sneaky little DNA test of her own at some point over the past 30 years. I know you couldn't couldn't have done it 30 years ago when Michael was born. So I don't think we... Did we have such... Such technology back then. Some I people know. are okay with not knowing things, and I can't relate to that at all. Aggie must have. Aggie must have wanted to know. She must Aggie, have wondered. It look, must have crossed her mind. According to Aggie, that she doesn't think she never thought that that was possible. Mm. And is for she all so you know, sure? is she so sure? For all you know, she knows for a very good reason. 
that women might know. Tell you what, may, maybe it's somebody else. Maybe she was having an affair definitely with somebody not. whilst going out Ronnie's. with one or the other of them, yeah. Uh, I remember that night. <laughs> Steve McDonald's. <laughs> anyway, um, Aggie is also warming to Grace because of this, it, it turns yeah. out. She, she ends up having a chat with Michael later, Grace has done she? a very good job here by uh, going behind Michael's back yeah. um, to, to get some brownie points off the old mother-in-law. Yeah. Um, I don't see why Michael thinks that Aggie shouldn't be able to talk to Glory. She's definitely the grandma. Definitely. <laughs> we know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that. It's not like she's going she's gonna, to, like convince baby she's gonna like corrupt baby glory into having an affair you know what i mean <laughs> so were you uh were because you... this is really i think this is really mean of michael i understand he's upset but glory's in the hospital and they are you know there's nothing they haven't said anything like life-threatening is, is occurring but she's still very she sick we and this it, this could be Aggie's only chance to see her granddaughter. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't. I don't think she's going to die. Think, no. But in real life, to stop your mother from seeing your the baby, especially if you don't have to have anything to do with it, you know, I'd say, look, I don't want to talk to you. I don't have anything to do with you. I'm really at cross with you, and I don't want to discuss this. But if somebody else wants to show you the baby on a picture or a video, what's the harm? Mm, mm. I hope that we get to see Aggie back on the show soon. As much yeah. as I'm enjoying the novelty of her being on video chat, I'm missing her actual physical presence. Do you there. think I that... D- I don't know how long Auntie Corona's long COVID is going to be, but... Do you think that um, Lorna's just, like, got some kind of really, um, what's the word, uh, cushy, like, work-from-home deal with Coronation? <laughs> like, she's <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to commute anymore. I'm going to live in France and just film it here. <laughs> it's interesting that they've done this with her, but they haven't gone down the route with any of the other characters we did see i um, think it'd be too much if everybody was on we had phone. we had eileen doing a uh yeah, facetime from thailand in inverted commas last year didn't we just for one there but yeah there, there are definitely other characters that i could have done that but i think it would have been too much mm, mm. um i i felt i've kind of felt bad for michael this week michael I'm, ends the week being cross yeah basically about about He's being betrayed reason. by Grace, Glor- uh, Aggie's getting to see Glory without his permission, mm. not knowing about this DNA test, being mad at Ronnie for ruining his life. What do you think about the whole, um, or like Ed saying, you know, no, no matter what, I'm your father, I've raised you and everything. Because I, I would still be like, oh, but it's not the same. And I, and I know that, say that. And I, I know that, well, no, that's just what my, that's what I would think if I was in Michael's position. And I know that it's all about you know, who raised you. This is what annoys me. Uh, but if I, if it would make you think differently about this person, wouldn't it? It, what, it would me. Ed? It would make me feel different about Ed. Yeah. This is the thing that annoys me. It's like, um, My... we, like as a society, we're always like, oh, you know, families where what you make, blah, blah. Um, talking about adoption, fostering, and you really can, you really can make a family out of, out of anybody who cares about you. That's true. But then also there's this other element of like, you know, all these fantasy programmes and TV shows about, oh, who's your real father? Or like, oh, you know, Jon Snow is really so-and-so. And, yeah. and like, oh, the, the, the bond the blood of blood. And strong, all. Yeah, yeah, but going on about, like, blood relations. I think for some there's... people, maybe it doesn't matter, but it, personally, I would be... I'd, I couldn't not get the test. It would eat away at me. I'd have to get the test. I'd, I'd just have to. And, but, and hope uh, yeah, for I the think, best. I don't know. I think you wouldn't think anything differently about ed would you or would you just think differently about ronnie 
I think I would. I think I would feel different about Ed. If it, if it, if if my dad, my actual real life dad, I found out that he wasn't my actual real life dad. He'd want his refund for his bathroom. (laughs) I think, I don't know. I think it would make me feel a bit different. It'd make me feel there'd be a little voice in my head. Very honest. I know I am. I think there'd be a little voice in my head, and I can be honest because I'm pretty certain that my dad is actually my dad. Well, you'll never find out if he's not. There's nobody (laughs) who's going to tell you. Uh, A little voice in my head would be saying, "He's not your dad. He's not your dad." No matter what anybody was telling me about, he brought you up. He did this, that, and the other. I suppose. Oh, I really, di- I, I really hope different. that Ed is Michael's dad. But if, then, if he is, then where does the storyline go there? Because I, I, I don't know what what the future like uh, has in store for Ronnie. Is he going to just find out? Oh, actually, he's not the dad. Right, I'm going back down to London. Then, I, I don't know. Do Do you think that because he is doing the test, isn't he? Yeah, there's do, no way he's not. What What do Do you think that Ronnie or Ed is going to be Michael's dad? I think it's going to be Ronnie because I don't think they would have brought it up if it wasn't. So Ronnie seems like a sort of um, a pretty well cast, big namey sort of guy who's going to be around oh, for a God, while. That's devastating to Michael, his... and I love Michael. I know. I don't want Michael to feel bad, and I don't want Alison to feel bad either. And he's right; he is his dad. There's... And I think the thing, the thing is, you you can if you if you've been raised to know that the person who you who is raising you as the, as your father is not your father. That that's a different thing to to growing your whole life thinking that he's your biological dad and your, you know, yeah, your yeah, yeah. family dad. Well, it's like if a, you find a whole out... life's a lie situation, isn't it? Yeah. Which is not true, but that's where that's what it's going to feel like. So, so people who have more than one father because one of them's biological and one of them actually raised them, it's not the same thing for them. No. Then, and like, I don't want anyone to listen to this and think, oh, you know, they're just saying that. The only real dad is like the sperm donor. That's not true. But you're saying like the shock would. Yeah, yeah. Because but it you... totally changes your perspective. Uh, and the, the Baileys are quite a strong, I guess, family. They feel unit. very traditional. That they, they, they do, and and to have and it's and like very... oh, we can't have a traditional family no. in my soap. Thank you very much. Let's let's have another surprise link to another relation, which, which there's had, been too many of in coronation anyway. That they're quite, that they're fairly religious as well, or they have religious. They 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 have indicated that in the past, but they sure. haven't demonstrated it. No, um, it'd just be it'd be very very sad if if Ronnie turns out to be the dad. It'd um, be really it would, but would... maybe it's the kick in the teeth that Michael needs to actually integrate with other people, other characters. If he's going to, if he's going to say, "I'm not having anything to do with you like anymore," maybe yeah, he'll he'll get involved with some other characters because still the Baileys feel like their own sideshow, don't they? They literally have nothing to do with any other characters. Mm. Anything else to add for this one? No. I think I think we're done. It, it felt like it went off the board a little bit after Monday. Um, I, I, I just wanted to get the bloody test done. Yeah, how long do these things take? I think they take as long as the soap wants them to take. Well, didn't, they, yeah, didn't, didn't he get... Weeks. He should have got a loyalty card for the paternity test when he got Grace to do <laughs> yeah. it on Glory. Oh, how many stamps? Yeah. What happens when you get five stamps on your paternity test card? Get a free baby. <laughs> of your choice. <laughs> right, Gemma. Seven Nina are budding away this week, aren't they? Well, on Monday, Ash is still upset about the whole oh, Nina yes. breakup thing. And Dev says, you should talk to her about it. So she goes to see her and, and they're like happy to see each other. And Nina's like, oh, we should meet up again. Friends. We'll be friends. Corey's loitering and he's like, oh, 
Asha, you can go out with me if you like. And she's like, oh, Corey, it's you again. Every time look, Corey comes back, I'm like, I thought you'd gone. Go away, Corey. We don't like you. You're <laughs> annoying, annoying man. He's really, oh, he's just got such a punchable face, he that does. Corey, he really hasn't does, he? Yeah. The, the actor who's playing him is doing a good job of just being like, really annoying. Such a scrot. Yeah. Um, so Asha comes to see Nina. Nothing really happens. Except she's trying to cheat at Scrabble. Is that symbolic of something? No. On Thursday, Corey and Asher are deciding what they want to do today. Neither of them don't want... They're kind of acting cool about it. Um, he says, oh, I've got... He's got a phone message. He dashes off. What's going on there? Is he cheating on her? Yeah, Is he I, a that, drug that dealer? That never came into her anything, did it? I don't think. Is he working for... Oh, Harvey. Will Meller? Um, Nina can see Asher is looking a bit unhappy. And Roy says, oh, you're jealous. And she says, No. I'm just worried about her because Corey's a wrong one. And Roy says, you should keep out of it because it's none of your business anymore. Um, Seb comes into the cafe. And then we get this weird, like, flirting thing. Seb and Nina have never shown any interest in each other whatsoever, but they somehow bond over. Well, you know what that means. Two characters who've never had any interest in each other are suddenly talking and having a bit of a flirt. They're going to be the next couple. Can I just... uh, I I need to get this out of my system now. I'm... It seemed it was so painstakingly obviously telegraphed. I'm glad that by you know the end of this week it does appear that they're a couple. But they always have to have whenever there's going to be a couple, they always have to have them fighting, don't they? They always have to like be rubbing each other up the wrong way. They always have to have some kind of disagreement. And and, and then, then they're like, and then it turns, it turns out, out that we yeah. weren't mad at each other. We just had some sexual tension. That's it was. It was so bloody cliche. This is this was Thursday's episode again. I just hated it. And the, and then they had to um, have the fake thing about Seb like in his cradle of filth because Nina likes it. And it was exactly the same, exactly the same as Alina revealing that she was actually really into dogs and cars. And that's why Tyrone <laughs> fell head over heels in love with her. And, and now it turns out they've just used the same thing. What, what, what possible spark could we invent that makes these two um, realise they've got some bond? What does Nina like? Cradle of filth. Oh, maybe Seb does too. Perfect. It was oh, it just was textbook, bland, cliched nonsense. This, anyway. Sorry, back back you'd, to you. You're done. Yeah. Um. Seb comes into the cafe. They have a bit of banter over cheese bomb. She's moaning about the pollution that the building work that they're doing is is causing, and um, he's he doesn't really care because he's part of the problem. Then he gets stuck in traffic on Rosamond Street, and nobody's going anywhere. For some reason, the solution it seems to be. To just beep your horn. David says, oh, there's a new cafe opening around the corner, which makes no sense. Yeah, when he, when he said that to Seth, we were like, oh, where's, where's this come from? Is there a new cafe? No, David can't tell the difference between a new cafe and somebody putting a table in the middle of the road. Which says something about his taste in cafes, I suppose. <laughs> it was also Shona was there merrily serving in the street. Yeah, do you think his, his girlfriend if... slash wife, what is she, wife, has got a job working at a completely different cafe that somehow in the premises of the cafe that she used to work at, is it not more logical that actually it's the same cafe that's been there the entire time and she's just got her, the same job that she's always had? It was always, it was, and it was a stupid thing. Well, Nina, Nina's protest was setting up two or three tables on the middle of the cobbles down Victoria Street. I would have thought that David would see what's she doing this is a stupid show we'll say look Stop yeah Shona, this, my dear. nina you're getting Shona to do something she's got brain damage you're taking advantage of her because she's crazy so yeah like you said 
um, Nina and Shona have put two tables in the middle of the road and are causing a traffic jam. And also a lot more pollution than maybe um, Seb and uh, Ed were doing with their building. Yes. Seb's trying to get rid of her and then Roy comes along and says her protest is ill-conceived and foolhardy. Which it is, yeah. Um, I don't understand why she thought this was a good idea. Also don't understand why people are sitting in their cars going beep, 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 beep. Also don't understand why people are sitting in the middle of the road at a table looking presumably right into the eyes of everybody who is sitting in the traffic jam. That was the worst beeping. bit. People just sitting there eating their bacon bombs and drinking their cup of tea and going, what, this is a cafe? What are you trying to what? get through here? This is a new cafe that's just opened in the middle of the road. Such and also, Craig idea. is usually in everybody, up everyone's arse all the time about whatever stupid crimes that they're supposedly committing. But putting a t- t- table and chairs in the middle of a highway is apparently completely fine. Yeah. Is it one of these things where like, oh, I'm sorry, it's a civil matter. You know when it, it, something actually happens and you ask the police for help and they're like, sorry, there's some kind of weird law that means we can't be involved in this because it's not a crime when it takes place in in private property. It was one of those things where I think a writer or a storyliner or something was, was like, wouldn't it be funny if blah, 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 blah. And, and everyone Nina went, sets up a cafe whatever. in the middle of the street. Yeah. yeah, go on then. Why not? Just for a scene. That'd be quite funny. And then they and went, oh no, actually that wouldn't work because... The... And then everyone went, shut up. It came from the same school of thought of wouldn't it be funny if they got Norris to dress up as Batman and protest grandfathers for justice, which was, all, was just as ridiculous. I and wouldn't it, it be was funny very if, silly. If, um, Casey, is he ran over someone's foot? A policeman's foot? That was great. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> So anyway, that uh, they just basically break the protest up by calling it foolhardy, and that's enough for Nina. She just feels very bad about she it. She feels very fool, foolish. Yeah. All over later, Nina and Seb's bounce continue, and she's attracted to his waterfall of gravy hair. Probably. But he says he's going to get it locked off later. But he changes his mind. This was the best bit of all this. Um, what was it? Shona? T- was it Shona? Who or was it Nina? Trying to guess what the nicknames were that Seb was called at his work because of his hair. Do you remember? No, I don't. I, must I, have I wrote these down. You were, you were doing our bills again there later. It was Shona. I've got it in notes here. She, she was trying to guess. What, oh, what do, do people call this. you? My Little Pony. Jesus. Rapunzel it was in the end. And Jesus was a funny one because I, I, I wonder whether that was a reference. Did you remember like, was it a year or two ago? And he had his hair down for the first time. And he had his scruffy beard and people were saying he looked like Jesus online. I thought you were going to say is a reference to the fact it's um, Easter. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's lucky he didn't get Watch nailed out, up, didn't yeah. he? Don't say that. People get upset with things like that. Um, so he's not getting his hair cut and they bond over the lyrics to a cradle of filth song with... Um, is it the only one that's got um, lyrics that you can say? Patron Saint of Heartache. That was Usually they're a bit more sweary, those songs. I don't know any Cradle of Filth songs. I remember my, um, my cousin who went crazy, used to be a fan of Cradle of Filth. That wouldn't surprise me. And everybody was up in arms about it. And because of that, I wasn't allowed to paint my nails black. <laughs> so I have it. A... Do you remember when my sister had a boyfriend who had his nails painted black? Sam. <laughs> We were around at my mum and dad's house. Was it like yeah. Christmas or something? I can't remember. No, and my sister was there yeah. with her boyfriend Sam. <laughs> we were all it was just a massive like... goth. <laughs> and you're, you're like very, very middle class village dwelling parents were like, oh, hello, Sam. And um, I was like, this is brilliant. I'm the best one. I'm the best other half that any of these children have brought back. <laughs> I don't even have any nail varnish on. At anyway, all. If, you, if you want to listen to Cradle of Filth, of course, that's. Completely up to you. I just thought it was silly how. Well, you said it was silly it the, the the way that they said it. Like I, well, the, no, I I thought yeah, I thought it was silly that that they decided. Also, to make isn't Cradle of it. Filth 
like a really old school obscure, I don't know. is it? I mean, I... No, the, I, I, I did. I had a delivery, a problem, sorry, with the delivery of the line because Nina brings up, oh, I'm just a patron saint heart up. Patron saint of heartache. And then Seb goes, oh, patron saint of heartache. I can't speak. Patron saint of heartache. Is that a lyric? Oh, it's cradle of filth. And then... He he says the line, doesn't he? Bloody 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 blah, the patron saint of heartache. And then Nina kind of then parrots back and says the next line. And the way she delivers it is like she was trying to remember the line. She's like, bloody 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 blah, the patron saint of heartache. But she was the one that brought it up. So why is she having trouble remembering this line? It was silly. Whole thing was silly. But um, at least it was. Um, Apparently they're still around. I didn't know this. It was fairly short to get them back together again, which is um, uh, still uh, yeah, fine, fine. Maybe they'll uh, they're, they're they're not a bad couple together. They're still working on an album, right? Stop looking. I up. did not know that. I thought that they were like nineties and then they never did anything. Well, there you go. When I heard of them, there you go. Friday, Gemma. So, oh no, no, sorry. We've we just we we didn't say that he didn't get his hair cut at the end. No, he didn't, because it's beautiful. I know, maybe we said that already. What happened today? Friday, Corey's been accepted into the County Youth Academy, and they're like, football. oh, oh, you're going to be like Tommy O, and he's like, ha-ha, that's the only one you know, and James is there going, oh, <laughs> What about me, James? <laughs> it's all I know. <laughs> they're in the cafe, Nina's glaring at them, and Corey's like, let's go tell Deb that we're back together. Seb comes into the cafe, and they start r- r- flirting again. Um, are they going to talk about how much they love corn now? Not the food. <laughs> um, later, Asha tells Nina that she and Seb seems pretty close. Nina's corn like... Corn or corn, because I hear that Nina loves that. <laughs> she probably likes all three. Corn, corn and... Corn. corn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Nina says, yeah, I, I actually quite like Seb. So she sees him later and she says, oh, let's watch a film together. Corey, meanwhile... I want to know what films she's going to show him, because I thought she only liked, you know, French lesbian romps. No, I think that's what she has foisted upon her by other people. I think she's down... She probably likes watches... Oh, that's true. That was Dev's choice, wasn't she it? She probably either watches stuff like, oh, this is really good, like, um, a Romanian vampire movie in the original language, and I've got the subtitles written on a bit I of paper. I think that she's a massive or, Tim Burton nut. Or I I want to watch Babe again because that pig is adorable. No, like she she's do you think she's cool. either the person, sort of person who watches horror movies, really obscure ones, or she ironically watches Disney films. Maybe I I I'm going to say you know Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I I hate Edward those films. They scare the crap out of me. Uh, I Charlie can't... and the Chocolate Factory. Ah! <laughs> um, <sighs> so Corey buys Asher some gerberas from. Tracy's. One of Gemma's favourite flowers. You keep saying that, but I don't like them anymore. One of Gemma's not a favourite flower. Deb, I don't you like them? I think they're nice. Um, so bold. There's, there's, a, there's a time in your life when you like a gerbera, and there's a time in your life when you prefer perhaps a peony. Oh, yeah, you are a peony, peony person at the moment. You like tulips. I, I love right? tulips. Good. Yeah. And daffodils. Gemma likes daffodils. It's going to live. And also, what's the Just other one I like? Myself. That I grow in the garden. Uh, Dahlias. Uh, oh, yeah. Dev is intrigued. Are they the same as peonies? No. I'll show you <laughs> pictures later. Dev is intrigued when he hears Seb and Nina talking about their movie night because he's like, what? What's going on? What? And then he realised, then he walks in on Asher and Corey together. And Corey's trying to get Asher to go upstairs with him. Mm-hmm. And Corey's like, oh, tries to stand his ground on like... um 
stand up to Dev, who's yeah, furious. He's hit the roof because this is the guy that's cost him a load of money trying to wipe off all the pornography of his daughter off the internet. And suddenly there he is back in the house again. Well, and, and you know, not three, four months ago, he was trying to get Asher to drop her drawers before her 16th yeah. birthday, wasn't it? And, and he thought he'd got this guy out of her life. And now he's bloody back again. Um, buying a bloody gerberas, which was Sunita's favourite flower. Talk about rubbing it in. <laughs> it's like there hasn't been a gerber in this house since Sunita died. Um, so anyway, he's like, uh, get out. <laughs> You're not staying here. And um, Corey eventually does leave. And Corey, Ash is like, oh, we're just friends. Corey's changed. And he says, did you know that Nina and Seb are together? And she's like, I don't care anyway. So then Dev has, sees Nina again and he's like really mad at her and he kind of like blames her for the fact that Corey and Asher are yeah. back together again. And he's like, oh, you've moved on fast. And it's like, well, so did Asher. And is Asher's, Asher's idea in the first place. And he's, she's kind of insinuating that, that Nina is responsible for talking Asher out of dating Corey. And she's like, it's none of my business. So he goes back home and he's in a good mood with Asher because Corey's not there and he says you're right to be concentrating on your studies rather than pining after Nina and Corey and I I just told Nina off and she and she gets mad and says you shouldn't have said anything Stop and interfering in my love life thank you very much father also me and Corey are back together and he says well he's never coming here again and she says well I don't care I will just go to his house Asher what you like turns out his front room looks suspiciously like a funeral parlour, but with different furniture. <laughs> I think that she's going to regret that. I'm kind of... As silly as the... As badly clunky as um, Seb and Nina getting together was, I think the pieces are all kind of being arranged in a quite interesting manner now. Because, you know, the the, the recently dumped uh, Asher going back to the bad boy. And I don't, it, just, it just feels like it's... They don't even get the feeling that they're setting everything up to kind of explode or something at some point. I guess that they planned these things, yes. I, it almost feels like a storyline has thought about this. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by this. Yeah, this isn't like oh, obviously. So da 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 da. I don't know what's going to happen. No. I don't know who's going to end up with who. Um, I just hope that it ends up with Corey dead. If this was the beginning of a teen film, he would be dead and they would all have to bury him. Yeah. And then a year later, they would all the, the secrets would become uncovered. As much as I kind of groan and roll my eyes whenever Corey shows up again after I thought that we'd seen the last of him, he does, you know, cause a... Stir. He, yeah, he does. He stirs things right up. And He's a very good antagonist for this storyline. Yeah. He's so annoying and, and arrogant. He's, yeah, he is. He's smarmy and arrogant because he's rich. Yeah. Bastards. Um, yeah, so I, good stuff, good stuff. So so the the worst part of this story really was the Thursday idiocy where they had people sitting in a car just beeping their horn Those for no obnoxious reason. Obnoxious car horns and going on through like six or seven scenes yeah, on Thursday. Yeah, throughout the background of lots of scenes was just hang, 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 hang. Hunk, 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 hunk. Like, can you shut up? What are you achieving? I've never understood what the point of beeping in a traffic jam is. We all know we're all in a traffic jam. Nobody ever calls a traffic jam and went, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, I can see that I'm inconveniencing you. Well, I, I I could see that I was inconveniencing you, but now I can hear that I am. So that's different. If they were that mad, why didn't they just get out of their cars and move the tables exactly. out of the way? That's what I would have done. Go, you can't <laughs> have a cafe in the middle of the street, love. I know that there's a pandemic on. Mm. 
Um, Outdoor hospitality is not even open. What are you doing? I'm going to tell Boris Johnson. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. I, I don't get what the point of that was. What, what it do was you, really dumb. What do you think of um, Seb and Nina together? Could be a good couple, or are they just being mm. put together for storyline purposes? It, feels like, it like... feels like it's relatively temporary. It's like, what do we do with Seb? I don't know. Yeah, he he's had very little to do for the past few years, but it, it, I can't it see feels him like an Nina. Asher and Nina reunion is, you know, likely to happen. And I, I'm kind of, in, in a way, because I, I am quite intrigued by the, the teenage stuff that's going on at the moment. It's kind of nice that Seb's been given something to do, and that could also mean that Abby's going to get involved in it, which is no bad thing. Um, I was quite interested. I can just imagine Abby's face if he brings Nina in for a nice dinner. Oh, uh, yeah. She's going to be great. She's going to be cool. Um, I, I was quite intrigued that Seb didn't seem to bat an eyelid at the fact that Nina was interested in him because he doesn't really know her very well. He maybe just knows that she's been going out with Asha and there was no, like, hang on a minute, I thought you were a lesbian or anything. Was there? That's because I there are no it. labels in Coronation Street. Yeah. Does, I guess, oh, I don't know. I, I just would have thought that he might have wondered or cared or, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. We're obviously of a different generation. <laughs> yeah. He's just desperate for a bit of, how's your father? Well, yeah. I've I've heard tell from lesbians that men are not very respectful of boundaries if you are a lesbian. So I don't think any man ever heard, oh, she might be a lesbian, perhaps I won't try my luck. Do you think that maybe Nina thinks that Seb's a girl because of that hair? <laughs> and then she's going to get him into the bedroom and go, hang on a minute, what's that what between your legs? <laughs> I don't know if we can even joke about this. I think the people get really upset about it. Oh, I'm sorry if you're getting upset. I don't think most people get upset. I know, um, but the ones that get upset are very loud. I know, they're vocally upset. Um, That's it. That was about it. Can I just... Have we done our obligatory isn't Dev wonderful for this story? Because he is, just in case you weren't sure. He was dressed as a mime earlier this week. He was. He had a nice stripy black and white top. Very nice Breton, yeah. Yeah. And I did a good Photoshop of him wearing a beret and the little moustache and only about three people liked it. That was five minutes of effort that was everybody. It's because of Brexit. Yeah. Uh, What was he talking about outside the shop? Seasons and series. Oh, yeah, he was. that was when he was going on about... He was had his little rant about oh, people using Americanism. Said, yeah, if I, as if I couldn't said, like them anymore. Seb said, oh, we're going to watch it, going to watch a movie. And, and, and Dev was like, oh, a movie, all your Americanisms. Yeah, and this is where he talked about season and series. And that does, that does irk me a little bit. I'm on Dev's side here. I, I, I will refer to things as series, I think. I mean, I definitely do if they're British. That's the difference, isn't it? Because a yeah. season is different. In America, seasons is saying there's like 23, last... 25 yeah, episodes exactly. long or something, whereas it's six episodes makes a series in Britain. But I don't like it when, um, when people refer to six episode series as seasons because that's not what we call it here. Well, you're very weird also with movies. Series means the whole thing and a little segment of the whole thing. It's perfectly understandable. <laughs> but you used you can tell to... by the context which one I mean. If we go to the cinema, you always say we're going to the pictures. I do say that, but sometimes it's to wind you up. Yes, it does work. So, do you would you would, would you argue to, with Dev with and the pictures say to see a film? We're Dev, to the cinema to it's see a not movie, a either. film; it's a moving picture <laughs> or a talkie. I, I don't know, but anyway, Dev just wonderful. Love Dev. Love him. More He's Dev. Fantastic. Right, cutting ties next, which we didn't see anything of on 
uh, Monday, but Thursday's episode, it was back in the four, with Maria, who's been involved in this now. Uh, she joins Tyrone in the cafe to find out what's going on with this whole Alina situation. Quick refresher, I'm sure you guys remember, but Maria and Tyrone used to date one another a very long time ago, and Tyrone asked her to marry him up the Blackpool Tower, which was one of Michael's most favourite Coronation Street moments ever. of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is why she's suddenly interested in yeah, this. Yeah, he, he says, look, we're not an item, me and Alina. It was just the kiss. It was a mistake. Maria says, you really just need to get her out of your head because she can tell, as is you know patently obvious to us, the viewer this week as well, that he's not, not been able it. to... Yeah, he's, he's not over her in the slightest. Um, Maria goes um, up to Emma and Alina's flat to give Emma back something or that she'd borrowed. I can't remember what it it's was. And then fluffer. she hears that Alina is starting a pop-up in the salon and they make some kind of... Hilarious remark pop, about pop. oh pop pop pop, Alina, pop. Oh, ha, ha. and and she's like oh give me a skincare consultation later and because she, she wants to talk to her yeah that that's what it was I was hoping for something a bit more than this it, yeah it, she doesn't confront did, her or anything she, well, no she does she says look no but Tom, not like in a really like you better stay away from no, my friend considering last last week was it we had that scene where Fizz and Alina are in the cafe and and Fizz is saying I'm going to smear you across the cobbles I was hoping for something a little bit more like that from Maria but it it just didn't really get there she's saying you need to move on and Alina fires back saying oh well Tyrone doesn't feel the same way about Fizz as Fizz feels about me Um, and then she I guess quite rightly accuses Maria of being a massive hypocrite because it was only about five years or so ago that Maria was going all nuts and stalking Tyrone and saying well, how does she know? For she says that she says, "Oh, what do, what do you think know? me and Tyrone talk about?" She, I can't do the voice as well as you can, as I just clearly demonstrated. <laughs> um, she says that Tyrone has mentioned this that Tyro, that Maria has been a massive nut job stalker at some point. So I mean, she sends Maria on her way. Spent and, together. This is well, no. M- m- Alina did live at number thir- not thirteen. Sorry, number. Oh, that's true. Nine, nine with her for a little while, didn't she? So I, I think it was during that time. So yeah, Alina definitely ends this scene. Um, with the cards and all her hand is that the wrong phrase the cards were in her court (laughs) um right friday what 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 thursday's episode was missing was fizz and i was glad that we got to see a lot more of her on friday and she brought her hair with her oh she's got the most amazing hair hasn't she 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 threatened to change it this today she said oh do you know what i'm just gonna chop it off yeah chop it all off first sebs now now um uh fizzes The, the wig makers of, of Weatherfield are going to be, you know, rubbing their hands with glee. Who else has beautiful hair? Jenny has got very yeah, nice Jenny. hair. Um, I'm sure there are more. Toya. <laughs> um, Shona. Oh, yeah. Shona. Nice hair, yeah. Um, I mean, and then Seb, really, and that's it. <laughs> That'll do. And Natasha's got quite nice luscious locks, hasn't she? Uh, yeah, but and we're not even going to get into beards because there are some spiffing ones. Tyrone on Friday wants to take the kids out with Fizz. He doesn't mean he wants to, you know, take them out with a shotgun. He wants to go out somewhere. With... <laughs> that would solve all his problems, really, wouldn't it? Like, do you it? remember Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> Stick him in a box, I'll shoot him. Yeah. She's, she <laughs> is not into it. She's just busy scrubbing up the house. Well, because she's like she, going, she also oh, can't get Alina the, out of her I'll head. just be the... the um, I'll just tidy up and be the domestic servant. Mm. Like, that's what you want. So Chesney comes over to the house later and sees Fizz is still sulking and says, look, you need to take control of the situation. Ask Tyrone out for a dinner any, anywhere, you know. 
You could go, you could to, go anywhere. You go to the Ivy. Go Frankie you and go Benny's. To, yeah, you go to Jim McDonald's, TGI maybe. Fridays, oh, Speed KFC. Dial. What a brilliant idea. Let's go oh. to Speed Dial, says Fizz. So she's going to um, she's gonna do that. And, uh, Nando's. She, Tyrone finds Fizz there well, later. No, he also says something glam. that really annoyed me, which is like, oh, you need to forgive... Tyrone, because he's going to get fed up eventually of apologising over oh, yeah. and over again. He's like, us men, we get, we get so fed up of apologising. I'm like, oh, really? What for? What for? You know what? You know, you know what you shouldn't do? Do something that you need to get fed up of apologising Oh, I stand for. by my, my fellow brothers here. You Sometimes have not done anything. We can apologise and apologise and apologise and you just, you just let us string it out, don't you, you, you women? If you went off and kissed somebody, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect you to apologise because all your stuff would be in a big fire in the front garden. <laughs> you don't need to apologise. There would be, would, you would never speak to you again. Oh, this, this is what we were saying like last week, wasn't it? How um, how some of what this uh, Fizz and Tyrone are going through is, is slightly relatable. relatable for us. <laughs> and just that thing about apologising until we're blue in the face. I was thinking, <laughs> it's hard to be a man sometimes. It's so difficult to be a man. And you get nagged all the time. You do one little out. thing wrong. Oh, didn't, forgot to put the bins out again. They just hold it over us. Have say you, we're sorry and we'll never do it again. What question. more do they want? Here's a question. Are you waiting for us to literally move house so you won't have to do that back Don't hedge? Don't bring up the back hedge again. That I've asked you to do for years. I am not chopping. I'm going to say I'm putting documented. my foot down. I know. <laughs> it's been documented Trimming on the this ba- the podcast past two for years, years at least. In the I've podcast. asked you to please can you trim the hedge in the back of the garden, which is obscuring our neighbour's sunlight. And you don't care. And now you're telling me, literally, we're going to move house, so you we're don't have to house, do it. We're moving house. The 80-year-old woman who's moving in here can get up her ladder with a chainsaw <laughs> and chop it down herself. It give us something to do. Right. <laughs> they go to speed dial together. Fizz is there looking very glam and lovely and Jenny McAlpine-ish, dare I say it. Um, and she, she wants to get this kiss out of the way first before they can have a proper conversation. Yeah, she wants yet. to discuss it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, Not so, kiss him. No, she wants to talk about the kiss and yeah. that just ends up... Being the sole topic of conversation for the whole evening, it seems she and because she she can't stop thinking about it. No, he I can't don't stop thinking her. about it. She can't. They she haven't was like, really talked about it. No, she's like, when you were kissing her, what were you thinking? Were yeah. you thinking of me? Were you thinking stuff fizz? Were you thinking, oh, I feel guilty? This was really interesting because this is the sort of thing that you would actually want to know. Yeah, yeah. We did. Did you plan it? Uh, and Tyrone said it was just happened. It shouldn't destroy the family. But Fizz just can't give up on the no. idea. And he's saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it was a mistake. Um, but she's like, no, I can't do it. If Alina's living around here, it's always going to be on my mind. I'm not going to be able to forget about it. Do you think of Do you think of her when we're in bed oh, together? I mean, I, yeah. I want to know like how many times they've done Been it. Been in bed since, since this, this has all come out. she was like, Tyrone, is it the sex that you were not... Yeah, that yeah. got brought up? I don't imagine that she's jumped into bed with him since. No, I don't think so. Um I mean, maybe well, she's had a talking bit of a about previously, sex. isn't she? Like when we were in bed before, were you thinking about me or her? Yeah, it was. It was so. Oh, it's all, I feel and so this, bad for Fizz. I feel so bad for Fizz, and it must be like really upsetting for Tyrone as well because he's just done such a stupid thing, and he like didn't even think about any of this. He like put no thought into it whatsoever. Yeah, and. Suddenly and it's now it's all come life. home to roost. Like, yeah, what was I thinking? Yeah, do I think about her? What was I? What was mm. my plan? I didn't bloody have one. And literally, none of this entered his mind. No. And does that make it better or worse? And because it's worse. because it was such a tiny little slip up, that's meaningless slip up, and he thinks that he's apologised enough for it. 
because it yeah, was because so... Yeah, in his head, nothing... It was just something. It was nothing. Yeah. But to, to Fizz, no, it wasn't. And it, you, I can really sympathise with both of them yeah. because how can you and I, and I reconcile think, these two completely different perspectives? Yeah, and, and what we were talking about previously on the podcast about like, are people going to be on Tyrone's side? Are they going to be on Fizz's side and everything? It's like, there, there was a little bit of sympathy for Tyrone just to... Just I think people of, are going to be like, oh, why does, why does Fizz keep going on about it? Well, people it? were saying that last week anyway, to be fair, weren't they? But I can, I can, yeah, definitely see both sides of the argument here. And he was saying, look, I can't deal with this for the rest of our lives. Are you going to forgive me or not? Oh, God, no. Um, see, this is the thing. Like, I, I can understand Tyrone's perspective, but I really have my sympathy is with Fizz because this would be... If I had to pick a side, it'd have to be Fizz's. I, I mean, uh, in you... a heartbeat, it would be. Yeah, but... how could you cope with somebody who'd done this? Yeah, so Tyrone has a go at Chesney later for interfering because he <laughs> finds out that it was Chesney what suggested the idea of the speed dial meal. Um, meanwhile, Fizz is talking to Maria in the cafe about it, and this is where she's, again, talking about feeling ugly, and she, she she's... The, the oh, other thing that came really up sad. in the conversation with Tyrone is is Fizz thinking that Alina is you know the younger, more beautiful model, and she and and she's obviously everything that Fizz isn't, and yeah. and and does if if Fizz has a makeover to make herself more Alina like, would would Ty be interested? Well, she in was more like, and, oh Maria, t- like help me, help me get n- new clothes and do my hair and makeup yeah. and stuff, because obviously Maria um we used to date Tyrone, so obviously. Hit, she has a good look that he likes mm, mm. and she's more she's more glamorous on the on the show than than fizz is yeah so maria says look tyrone's an idiot and everything but at least he's come to his senses now alina's the villain here and you like, and tyrone need won. to stand up yeah exactly you you two go together you're good together just get alina out of your life but isn't um, it a bit of a hollow i mean what she won really who fizz, fizz. If, she, if she if tyrone yeah but if if um if if she was saying this to me, oh, you know, you've won, you've won, I'd be like, I don't think I have. It's it's the family, isn't it? Mm. It's it's everybody happy together. But she can't she can't get it out of her head, and then Kevin doesn't do much to help, does he? Because Kevin, it, Kevin's the there in in the uh, in the pub with Tyrone later, saying, and then before he was saying, they had really a little argument. To... Last week he was saying you need to make sure you that this is absolutely what you want. Stay with Fizz, and today he was saying that you need to put the work in. Here. Oh no, Fizz that was right. Yeah, Fizz isn't gonna just forgive, forgive you. you just like that. But also he say <laughs> Tyrone was like you had an affair. Oh yeah, the, the Molly thing <laughs> did got kind of get up. brought up, but at it last. didn't get brought up at all. What the circumstances of that were. No, and so Molly you... didn't actually get a name mentioned, did she? I and we mentioned think. it before recently, but. Uh, Kevin slept with um, Tyrone's wife and they had a baby together in Tyrone, didn't they? And that is Jack. Um, anyway, so Fizz and Maria head off home. Maria makes Fizz realise that Tyrone is a lovely bloke after all. Fizz sees Alina outside the shop and gives her a bit of a she's like, Oh no, she's there. smelling the Gerberas. <laughs> uh, no, the Gerberas came from Tracy's shop today. They were not some That's like, from Dad's. Gerberas, what do you think I am? Where did you get these from, you traitor? <laughs> Fizz comes into the house and says, look, I'm really, really sorry, Tyrone. I want to make this work. And he's quite excited about this. However, there is one condition, and that's that he goes and kicks Tyrone, kicks Alina out of Weatherfield, which he does his... Well, he doesn't really he try doesn't his best try. to do. He goes over to her, he pops over to Pop and says, look, you need to move away because like, I want no, to start again. I shan't move. No, Why she, should she I move? No, she stands up to him, doesn't she? Yeah. She's, she's starting to grow a bit of a spine, is Alina. You can't tell me what to do. Never speak to me again. Yeah, slams the door in his face. I mean, I see it from her perspective as well. 
Yeah. But she's she's the harlot here, okay? She is because she. She's I mean, she she was she was the only single one in there, so she one said, might say that she's no Tyrone, your children, we cannot. And then the next minute she's like, oh, nah, 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 nah. She, and then the next minute she's going, oh, why is everyone so mad at me? Tyrone's the one that was unfaithful. She wasn't, but she's I don't been... agree with that. I'm sorry. If you're, I don't care if you're single. If you get involved in someone else's relationship and you know that they're dating or are married or anything, you're also just as oh, in the wrong. She she is in the wrong, but... I don't care. You're making excuses for her. There's no excuse. I'm definitely not on her side. I'm anyway. not one of these people that thinks that you, you can go off with whoever you like and it's not your responsibility. Mm. If you didn't know, that's a completely different thing. And you're just as much of a victim. But if you did know, shame on you. I wish that, uh, you I wish that she would be a bit more... I thought I said it Who? before, Alina, I wish she'd be a little bit more femme fatale and hard I to kind of like her to turn a bit evil now. Yeah. Go a bit like, go a bit bunny boilery or something. Yeah. I mean, now it definitely doesn't feel like this story's over. She's we were like, saying last week. On. Now it's on. We were saying last week, is this over for it now? And you said, yes, it feels like it's over. And they've well, got I said over I this little hump. You said you hoped it was, but the You're way like, things no. are being left this week, it um, certainly doesn't seem to be. I mean, it ends up as a happy place where Tyrone and Fizz are going to book a breakaway for her and the girls uh, and him. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, um, Alina is still is still there on the periphery. And, and, and the, the final shot of the week is Tyrone sitting in the, in the lounge looking... Like glum, yeah, looking glum. This, he hasn't got everything that he, he wants. He hasn't got and... anything. At the end of the day, he's got back where he started, and he's wrecked everything because he doesn't. He he could have been friends with Alina if that's what he wanted. Not anymore. He he had a, a perfectly happy and stable relationship, even though he was he said, said he, didn't he like was unhappy. Gilly. Whatever. Then do something about it. Don't don't make it worse. You dumb idiot. Oh, I just can tell that this, as much as I'm enjoying the fact that these characters have got a storyline at last, I, it just feels like it's going to go in ways that I'm not happy <laughs> no, with. No. The thing is, right, so so Tyrone's gone to Alina and said, get out of Weatherfield because you're ruining everything. And she said, I'm never going to speak to you again, which is soap code for by this See time next, next week. week. <laughs> yeah, we'll be making the beast with two Licking packs. each other's tongues. But, um, no, what I was thinking... If she plays this right, Alina could turn the whole street against Fizz and Tyrone. Oh, Tyrone, he came on to me and he told me that he was so great and we he loved me. And then they said they would kill me if I don't leave Weatherfield. They're so mean. And already I'm so sad because I'm from Romania. I don't know anyone around here. And I just want to make friends. And Brexit was so sad. And then everyone would be like, poor Alina. Fizz and Tyrone are so mean, bullying this poor Romanian orphan whose dog has just died. <laughs> and it's not the first and, time and, that and this, the street has turned against Tyrone. She was forced to drink tripe soup by this horrible gravy-haired man. Mm. Well, I I think that Maria having that conversation with Alina on um, Wednesday, Thursday, sorry, is um, just going to make her double down and decide, no, I am going to have Tyrone. If Maria's saying, I can't have him, then I think that's that's inadvertently fueled that fire. if If I was Alina and I wanted to be a manipulator, I would definitely use this to my advantage to get everybody to be really mad about and and kind of support me. I don't know why... But then again, if she goes... If then she turns from that to going off with Tyrone, she'll lose everybody's... I don't know why she's so desperate for it to be Tyrone. There are there no other guys who like cars and dogs on the street or or, or in in Weatherfield, off the street, maybe. Maybe cast your net a little bit further, Alina. 
It's such a rare combination of interest in a man. Yeah. How will she ever find another man mm. who likes those specific things that she also really likes? I kind of need... I don't know whether I want... I don't know where I want this to go. Because I, I can't... <clears throat> I don't really, really hate Tyrone yet, but I feel like I should hate him more than I do. So maybe he needs to do something completely unforgivable. I don't know. I know. I, I do... and then, what... See, at the beginning I was like, uh, no... I don't like this. I prefer this not to happen. But now I'm like, burn it down. Burn it all down. Tyrone and Alina, shag on the kitchen table. Fizz, stab her in the face. Ru- Ru- uh, Ruby and Hope go and burn down the, the, the flat with Seb inside. <laughs> uh, Abby has to rescue him. Everyone shuns everybody else. The street's on fire. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Um, I just, I, I, I still don't like the fact that some people are not going to, that are not on Fizz's side, whatever happens. People are, people are still very much blaming Fizz and saying that she's being unreasonable, that she can't get it, see let it, it go. I, I, I don't either at all. I don't see Poor it. Fizz. I, and sometimes I can understand people's point of view when they say something I don't agree with. But this one, I'm like, I don't see how you're watching the same programme as me. If you think it's Fizz's fault, like, how did she, how is she supposed to know? They both. If you're talking it's because about people have built up a picture of her being a naggy. Because he doesn't the take the bins out or trim the hedge when he says he would. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Though it's like if he's saying I'm unhappy in my relationship, then he should do something about it and try to like and energize it or or say some you know have a heart to heart with her not just go off and kiss somebody yeah and then say oh it was because i was sad i don't think he thought he was sad until he kissed alina and then he trying to think of the excuses as to why he, he did it mm. that's what i think considering you know if you look at all the other relationships on the street and how tumultuous they are he really should be considering himself very lucky at what a, mm-hmm. a, a cushy setup he's got and he has always wanted just a stable family considering his childhood and how he was dragged up by jackie and you know being dragged from place to place he always wanted just a bit of stability and now he's got it and he's saying oh i'm not happy there well mm-hmm. sorry Tyrone. i think you should get a dog mm. anyway call it alina we, we've been putting off talking about the boring face storyline for long enough. Which that is, is uh, nervous, Michael, on Thursday because it's her plea hearing. How could you, how could you be so cold? Yeah, sorry, I'm, I've lost all interest in this. She assaulted Ray. No, she assaulted Adam. Adam and she thought it was Ray and she admitted it. And now she's got to pay the price. She's going to plea hearing. She's going to plead. One year in jail. Guilty. Craig, she's like, oh, I could go to prison. And Craig's like, yeah, maybe. Don't worry, Ray's been charged with sexual assault. So if he pleads guilty, that could be mitigating circumstances for you and it might actually work out quite well. So they come back later and she's pled and they've got two weeks and then she's going to be sentenced. And she's worrying about this. How am I going to work out? How am I going to cope in prison? That's the best case scenario, get a year in prison, apparently. I don't think that's true. I don't think she's going to go to prison. I don't know. Um, so they have this As like, I said earlier how would we tell yeah they have this felon's chat in speed dial with uh, Sally and Abby both telling Faye about what great times they had in prison and Abby, uh, Sa- Sally's going do you know what they've even got yoga now because <laughs> I instigated that I'm the one so if you go there tell them you know Sally and she's the one that started yoga and you'll get really great treatment you'll get an extra towel as well um, like don't worry about it you're not alone we'll, we're here to listen if you need a sympathetic ear and really if if there was a utopian society in which, you know, 
prison wasn't about retribution it was about rehabilitation and helping people to better themselves coronation street is that place because everyone's been to prison there it's no detriment on your life it's no hindrance nothing bad has happened to anybody who's been in prison (laughs) never been turned down for anything or told they can't do something because they've been to prison it's like no stigma whatsoever now occasionally some people haven't been able to be the licensee of the rovers like jack (laughs) if you go if you go to prison the worst case scenario, Faye, is you can't be the licensee it... of the Rovers. Yeah. And I know yeah, that's everyone's dream. Your partner's name will have to go over the door instead. So, um, yeah, they're like, it's, it's actually quite cool and chill in, in prison. So she says, um, look, you guys are a bit different to me. You were an addict and Sally, you were set up. So I've got myself into this situation. So this is going to be worse for me. Um, they carry on trying to help her out. And then Faye com- uh, Craig comes along. And he... Um, he didn't go along to her plea hearing because he was too busy. He's doing police work. Maybe he was doing his OCD stuff. Maybe he was counting things. Oh, well, that, that's not uh, ever going to come up again. Nope. She gets mad and strops off. And then he, on Friday, wants to take her out for a meal. And she's like, no. And he thinks he's being snubbed. So he goes off and huff again. And he goes... Faye goes to prison to see Gary and ask him what it's like. And... Can I, can I stay in a room just to see what it's like? And he's like, no, are you crazy? This is a man's prison. You'll be eaten alive. It's and so stupid that Gary is still in prison, honestly. Like, where's Johnny? I wanted to see Johnny. We haven't seen Johnny since he had his pills. That was kind of interesting, that story. That it, that, that, that little Johnny in prison storyline feels like it should be a lot bigger than it was. I know. It was just a little side thing. And I thought they, only, they, I thought they were only keeping Gary in prison so that he, Johnny could have a friend. But now that's, you know, that's gone off the boil. It's just really odd that he's still there know, when I he know. didn't do it. Uh, I know, he, you know, it was, he they, they kept him in because um, he he didn't tell the truth or whatever. It's bizarre. Oh, apparently now it's a crime to lie to the police in the court. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she says, oh, I've been keeping Craig at arm's length because I won't see him for a year. And he says, that is the complete opposite of what you um, should be doing. You should tell Craig and be open with him and he can decide what happens to the relationship. So she invites him round later and he thinks he's going to get dumped. And he get, this is the second time this week that the phrase punching above my weight was mentioned. And it's really weird because Coronation Street doesn't normally like to draw attention to the fact that they hook up really hot girls with decidedly average looking guys. <laughs> Harsh. Average is fine. I'm average. You're above average. No, shut up. You have to get a little compliment every time. Oh, I'm so sorry that I compliment my husband. Um... It's, it is true. The, but the thing is, the difference burns. is that men, uh, there's a limit to what you guys can do. Whereas, like, a girl can go, like, from average to, like, average with eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you see what I mean? But anyway, this, this is Coronation Street in a nutshell, isn't it? Just, like, every all the women are ridiculously beautiful. Um, and the guys are just there. And he says, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to be dumped. And she says, no, sorry, I've been so distant, but I think I'm going to prison. So I was worried about it. And he says, I'm going to stick by you no matter what. And she says, I love you. He, no, says, he says, it I love you. And she's like, oh, I love you too. But Ooh. can I just say, this is all very nice and everything. How is it going to go down at the station when it turns out that Officer Tinker has a girlfriend in, in, in the, the clinker? Tinker and the clinker. Does it... <laughs> Sounds like a little bit rude, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> does it? Does it? Do they care? Is this a, is this a thing, or are all the police just like in love with jailbirds? Maybe I don't know. Oh my gosh, I couldn't care less about this. Faye and Craig, are they, they're a couple that I 
again, we've seen we like we've seen their relationship kind of blossom very very incredibly slowly over the past like, five um, years and then we we saw them start to go out and then they broke up for a bit and then they're back together for a bit and we've not seen them as a couple i don't know what they're like as a couple because we they don't have have any scenes together so i don't care about them potentially splitting up but the whole i love you thing didn't mean anything because we'd not seen any no, any there's been no hint of any kind of romance between them i tell them, you what it was there? like it they was like out. when you have a cactus and it grows a flower and you're like, oh, what's this? My boring cactus is growing a flower. And then it blooms and it's like, oh, that's weird. But I don't like it. <laughs> what's wrong with a flowery cactus? Ca- flowering cactus, cacti, like, they always just look weird, like it's glued on. And they're not very nice <laughs> colours. I'm very critical of flowering cacti. I'm sorry, it's just that's a really thing. Cri- that's a really... Um, Google, Google flowering thing. cacti and tell me that those are nice. not highly inadequate flowers. I think they're nice. Well, um, we'll anyway, have to disagree on this. Is Faye going to go to prison? You say no. Who cares? I say, yeah. <laughs> I think we both say, who cares to this? Maybe. It, the way that they were talking about it this week makes it seem like it, it's inevitable that it's going to happen. But whatever Ray says. So maybe. I don't care. I really don't care whether she goes to prison or not. I don't care whether her and Craig are together or not. I'm just um, googling flowering cacti, and they all look like the sort of flower that water comes out of and squirts you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Smell like cactus. <laughs> no, I don't trust you. Um, I thought the scene with Abby and Sally was kind of nice, but I just, uh, yeah. Whatever. Move completely on. ambivalent to all of this. Leanne of GT. Um, I can't even. I literally can't remember what happened with this this week because this is Monday, wasn't it? Yeah. So Nick's talking to David about the sorry state of Le- affairs that Leanne's got herself into, and he says that don't don't go advertising this, but I just need to get it off my chest. He also Nick sees Simon and says, "So this bloke that Leanne sings, remember when Harvey yeah. was hiding in a bedroom last he week? He saw the coat. And and Simon tells him, "Look, you don't need to worry about it." Simon goes up to see Leanne and says, oh, I told Nick about not you not going to France last week at Christmas. Um, and Leanne says, well, Nick can't find about the truth about this situation that I'm in, the extent of it, because he'll get dragged into this problem that I'm in. So this is why she's keeping Nick at arm's length. She doesn't want him involved in all the dodgy business. So she's doing it for his own good. Um, Simon tells Nick that Leanne is... Definitely seeing something else, someone else, sorry. <laughs> and that's why he needs to cool his jets for a little bit. Um, See, this is exactly what Faye does to Craig later in the week. Yeah. Oh, I don't want you, to, I don't want to go out with you, and it's secretly to protect you from me. Yeah. Um, Simon I hate this tells Leanne so, this. This is my, my Natasha sees, this is boring, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Natasha's getting closer to Nick. She can see that Nick's struggling and says, look, you can stay with me for as long as you want. So Nick goes and tells Leanne this and says, no, I don't want to stay at Natasha's though. I want to be with you. Uh, and wow. this, and then Harvey sends Leanne a message and Nick reckons it's from this fancy piece of hers and she clams up when Nick asks her about it. And then when he asks her if she still loves him, she, it, she won't say anything. Oh. Yeah, there was nothing new here this week, was there? Nothing at all, particularly. Uh, we didn't even get to see Harvey in the flesh this week. I'm really surprised how little we've seen of Harvey, considering what um, what a fuss they made about getting Will Miller on Coronation Street, and here's the new big bad, and he's actually a, a relatively effective villain in the few scenes we've seen him in. I thought we'd 
get to know him a little bit more. I think they're, but he they're just building up to something. I, I think that, I assume they are, but, you know, where they've had the proper big bad villains, and I'm, you know, the the, the Alan Bradleys, the even like the Callums, the Phelan, obviously, the John Lindsay's, I'm just thinking about seeing it on ITV3 at the moment. We've got to know the villains a lot more. And this is just some kind of guy that turns up and looks a bit threatening every now and then, kind of grrrs. It'll take and... a while to get there. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if we are. I don't know if we're going to, you know, get a fully rounded character What's the point of getting somebody and going on about how great... I, I guess they did the same with Tony Morsley, where they went, oh, look, and then it's taken them a long time to sort of decide what to do with him. But at least they, when they hired him, they, were gonna, they knew that he was going to be a regular. But... Oh... But I don't, I don't know with him. It, it's odd the way this is going. But maybe maybe there'll be more next week. I don't know. Harvey. Um, Harvey and Gemma. Maybe next next year we'll be like, oh, do you remember when Harvey was a drug dealer and now he's just like the orphanage director? <laughs> um, Gemma, it's your look. You've you've landed the Kelly story this week, aren't you? Lucky. Boo! No, this is fine. On Monday, Toya and Imran are feeling hopeful about social services. They're going to find out if they can. They can foster lovely Kelly. And Toya's like, I remember when I was young, I was a right scallywag just like Kelly. Oh, yeah. She goes and has a little um, reminiscence like she'd been reading a Corypedia page on so Monday. I've been watching she said, and she, I she said, the first thing I did on this street was I lifted a power tool out the back of somebody's van. It's and like, yes, it that. was. I mean, yeah. We just saw it just recently on ITV3, didn't we? I think it was Bill Webster's that she stole. Yeah. And then she talks like about TV. getting a... When she when I was 16, she said, I was on a, I hitched a ride to London to try and find my real dad. So that was a nice little callback. I appreciate it. And Imran's it. like, what? <laughs> so she feels some kind of special kinship yeah. with Kelly. Yeah. Um, so later on, they find out the social services have agreed. Hurrah. Hooray. They're chuffed. They get a speed dial to celebrate. Where else? And I thought it was quite interesting because really, um, when Kelly finds out that Imran used to own speed dial, it's like suddenly money bags appear in her eyes. I don't know if this was what I was supposed to get out of it, but it really did feel like she was going... Ka-ching! Daddy's rich. Daddy's rich. Maybe. But I don't think I got that. It tied into actually what the point of it was. It tied into Rana because he used to own it because Rana owned it and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And she's like, "Oh, Rana, is that the sister who died in the factory?" And, Oops. Yeah, Imran kind of clams up, doesn't he? It's like, don't apologize that my sister died and your dad killed her. She goes off it to just, the loo. It kind of puts a very awkward. Yeah. She goes off to the toilet and Imran and Toya are talking. He's like, oh, God, what am I supposed to do? Um, maybe we should go home and talk about it. And Kelly comes back and he says, sorry about snapping at you. Whatever your dad did or didn't do, I promise it will never affect the way I treat you, you daughter of a scumbag. Yeah, so that was kind of it, really. I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, but it wasn't very much. I liked I liked that the, the, the Rick thing has come out in the open because... Rick didn't actually have anything to do with Rana's death, did he? I think if I'm remembering this right, I'm having to cast my memory back quite a few years now. <laughs> it was just Gary that dropped a roof on her head. But everybody thinks that it's Rick. Yeah, but and I'm, Rick's dead and Gary yeah, killed But I'm glad that it's awkward. kind of come out now and, and and Imran has said, I don't hold it against you because but otherwise... he's already said it... this. This is, this is what annoyed me about this. This is not the first time this conversation has come up. Because he said this to her originally... Like, yeah, oh, but it might come up that your dad. I think your dad killed my sister, and she's like, "Oh no, oh, that's terrible." And he's like, "Well, we'll see what happens." Mm. I yeah, I I know. I, I think they needed to mention it. It just one feels like 
it feels like every conversation they're ever going to have somehow is going to turn around to Rana in some obscure way. Like, they managed to make it about Rana just ha- sitting in speed dial. What's next? They watch Casualty and she, he'll go like, oh, yeah, my sister, she was a nurse and your dad killed her. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> and then they'll watch, like, they'll watch last week's Curry and go, oh, Nina, Nina and... um. Nina and Asher are really good together, but don't call them a lesbian because that's a label. My sister was a lesbian and your dad <laughs> killed her. Um, no, I, I think oh, that they'll watch like a wedding. I think uh, that there my is... My sister was going to get there married. There is some potential And your dad here. killed her on her wedding day. I think there is some potential here. Um, I do really enjoy the <laughs> giddiness and excitement that Imran and Toya show about ad- adopting this girl. Fostering, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um Let's give them where's, some scenes together, maybe, you know. The other thing that's weird about this is that where's her mum? And what happened oh, to Kel. her house? No, is it? No, no, that's the actress's name. Um, she's just swanned off, isn't she? She just buggered off and left her kid there. And they, they, we, we saw them in maybe a... Maybe Gary's killed her as well. In a giant house. There's, there's assets. The family had assets. Have we seen their house? Yes. It had a big kitchen. Don't remember that at With, all. With, like, breakfast bar. I've got well, it's all white no memory of That's what the I remember, Neyland anyway. residence. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they well, they went there. So the ha- the family has assets. So why... I don't understand why the daughter is in foster care, Why the, where the mother is. Can you just dump your child into the foster care system with no penalties or, or well, consideration? I mean, Harry Hewitt took Lucille to the orphanage. Well, he was a man, like, well, they can't be expected <laughs> to look after children. Yeah, he'd have thought that her mum would have had the... Because surely... Instincts. She's going to... The thing is also, Gary stole a load of her dad's money that should rightfully be hers. Very true. So Maria and her fancy rose gold uh, uh, accessory department, all of that was paid for with blood money. Yeah. Mm. And, <sighs> and, and Toya and Imran can use that and take themselves off down to the white company and get themselves some really tasteful candles and some throws. No, they just need to get themselves a proper house. They're still living and then they with can Ryan, put their aren't lovely they? throws in it. Nalia. Right. Oh, I thought that we had quite a decent discussion about this, considering that this week was. It's usually sub-par. the ones that are not that great that cause the most amount of discussion. Yeah. And I, I will say that the Billy, Billy, Paul, and Todd story is far more interesting on paper than somehow it managed to be in real life, which was weird. Yeah, that's probably why they gave it the go ahead, wasn't it? Really, but it just it, it fell flat. So didn't work. And it, and it and, wasn't just us as well. I no. And, I mean, the, the, fact, the fact that lots of people on, on our Twitter poll are gunning for, uh, are, are wanting Billy and Paul to get together means that there must be an awful lot of the viewership that are finding it engaging. I mean, yeah. it, not everything's going to appeal to us all the time, but... Anyway, no. at least we at least we had the funeral thing at the end of the week. Friday definitely definitely perked things I up. I was I mean, so I'm, happy with Friday's episode, especially the stroke of genius of having... Um, Todd working at the at the yeah. funeral parlor, and I have to say one of my most f- um, things that I enjoy the most at the moment is going on to Twitter and seeing how mad people are about Todd and how much they hate him. It's brilliant. <laughs> I am going to rate this week's Coronation Street three cradles of filth <laughs> out of five, and that would have been a lot lower had today's episode uh, carried on the same standard as Thursday's. Well, if you add one more, then that's uh, what um, Chesney and Gemma have got in their bedroom. <laughs> Very true. 
I'm going to give it three as well because it really didn't deserve more than that. But Friday's was definitely a higher mark than three. Yeah. But Thursday's was not good enough to be a three. I'm going to give it three syllables in Nina's name. Nina. 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 Dun, 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 dun. Um, character of the week is a tricky one this week though isn't it mm. I'm going to say maybe Todd <laughs> yeah Todd week. I was going to say Todd uh, because um, I enjoyed his scheming I enjoyed so not confusing. being able to know it. Yeah. yeah I enjoyed the confusion I don't know this is the trouble I'm wondering am I am, are we, supposed are to we be giving confused? him more credit like is the, are we making this this character more intriguing than he actually is like is he just as plain as he is saying and we're like oh what next from todd it's like nothing nothing this is what i wanted all along and we're like haha we know your tricks todd what are you going to do <laughs> oh yeah i don't know um yeah but I, I find him endlessly fascinating and gareth pierce is doing a fantastic job he is agreed. the most interesting character out of the three i'm just trying to think is there anybody other than todd this week I don't know if there is Dev. I mean, fizz was good on yeah Dev and fizz were both good on friday but i wouldn't Tyrone, say they Alina. um no. Faye. Uh, no, stop it. Anyone stop in the Bailey storyline? Clearly, are not the character of the week this Michael. week. No. Michael was pretty sad. No. Grace. No, okay, Laurie. it's Todd. Todd is my character of the week this week, and three credits of filth. And that <laughs> is that for this week's Coronation Street. So let's move on to the cabin and do some news. News time, and oh, Bill Roach has COVID, or is he? He has had COVID. What? I believe this. This was shocking news on Saturday. Although it seems like I think it's Saturday came out Saturday or Sunday, uh, but he's he's recovering well apparently. Thank goodness. This makes me think that some horrible person has leaked this, and then they've had to make a statement. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, to. I don't know how it's come out, but so, the, the story goes that he has that. been written out of Coronation Street temporarily. Um, so that he can get over the old corona. And, and there has been a, a Corrie um, spokesperson's report about it, saying, following recent reports about his health, William Roach has asked us to clarify that he took time off work after testing positive for COVID. He's recovered well and is looking forward to returning to the cobbles as soon as possible. So that is very, very good. Um, yeah, it just makes you... Uh, whenever anybody gets it, I'm sure we've all known someone that's get it, it makes you wonder, well, where did you get it from? And like, who do you pass it on to? And things yes. like... And, and Coronation Street, from what we've been told from numerous sources, is, is doing a very good job of keeping everything, you know, very distant and safe and everything. It's like, oh, did, well, he, they can did do, he pick it up at work? Did well, he give it to someone else? I don't and, think so, but they can do what they like in work to try to stop it spreading. But then if people are going to go home and do silly things... Not that I'm saying that William Roach did, but I know we heard some stories about people getting up to stuff they shouldn't have been do- getting yeah. up to. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, he gets to spend more time in his lovely conservatory and looking at his giant painting of yes. himself, I suppose. Oh, there was a there was a news I article really that was... Um, <laughs> I think a news article went up today or yesterday, maybe, on the sun. That, so it was like he's been spotted driving around and, and there were like, the photos of him Why behind the wheel. Papping William Roach? William Roach has been papped. Ugh. And um, he looks like he's okay. So that's good. I'm very glad to hear that. And a source as well sent to the paper. He's doing it, really right? well. There's not much other news this week. He's looking forward to returning. Bill is such a well-loved member of the team and everyone is delighted he's recovered so well. We can't wait to have him back. Um, so anyway, our very best wishes, of course, to William Roach and anyone else on the Coronation Street cast or indeed in the world who might have COVID at I'm the moment. I'm just touching wood. We managed to get away with not... not getting it i know is it like and there's still an unopened bottle of lucasaid in the cupboard which i purchased as, as soon as the pandemic started in case we needed yes and it's not been opened yet 
Is it? But how long is it after you have your first dose that you're you're whatever percent? Oh, oh, so I'm okay that I have my two weeks now. Yours, I'll be yours right is on coming Monday. up. Yeah. Yeah, but we we haven't had our second jab yet. No, 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 we have not. Although, who is it? Is that our friend Rachel? Who's that? Is You're it not Rachel? allowed to say names. One of our friends has had their second jab now. Um, the only other thing really that's happened this week is that Johnny Briggs program was on on Monday, which we watched well, between the two quarries on Monday. Isn't it was. It? I thought that was. I thought it was quite a good program. Some people didn't think it was very good. Yeah, so certain. Um, people may, maybe even ex-members of the coronation street cast perhaps didn't quite they enjoy the program as much as we did it enough discussion a, no. of his very lengthy out of coronation street career no but it really was just a story a program about his his work in coronation street so i think if it was to achieve that goal it did a very good job yeah i mean it was mostly it was mostly just about mike baldwin wasn't yes, it and lots it of talking really, heads yeah. i mean it was, it was a bit about johnny and we we heard about you know everyone saying how generous and welcoming and lovely and everything he was but it really was mostly just a reminder of this what stories what, he had and you like. know a chance yet again to tell the story of the the uh, the doorstep scene mm-hmm. and the uh, and the Ken one Mike nil flashing yeah. up on the football scoreboard oh, and everything. Those were the days. And, um, we got to see his first scene with that fabulous character oh, Steve, Steve Fisher, Fisher. Um, and his original appearance, which I don't think that has been oh, yeah, widely yeah, no. seen, as a lorry driver in Coronation Street a couple of years. We before. must have read about it, but I've, I've definitely not seen that little as clip before. So that was quite cool. Mike it was just it was just nice to see all the different talking heads talking about him, and even, a lot of them... even ones who had passed on and shuffled off his mortal. Oh, coil. that was weird. I don't know whether I like that or not. And also he, Johnny himself. Johnny was there talking about it. It kind of caught you off guard a little bit, didn't it? Because they, they had like, you know, they had Jenna McAlpine, they had Tepeli Dorgu was there, which was yeah, nice. Yeah, Beverly every, Kellogg. Every, yeah, Beverly Kellogg, exactly from her Filmed home. Filmed on a potato. Yeah, I don't know. Because everyone was filming themselves from home, well, oh, a lot of them were, and Bev, the, the, ca- the camera that who Bev Callard needs, was using was not so great. Who needs both when smeared. you've got a bad camera, that's what I said. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> were, um, yeah, and they had, um, who else? Jane oh, Danson, no, Jane Danson Jimmy was there, Jimmy, uh, oh, Amanda Barry was there. Of, oh, oh, Amanda yeah. Barry was like, yeah, sorry you're dead, I'm probably going to be dead soon. Oh, Buy me God. a drink in, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically she was saying that. But yeah, it was it was very weird when they would just cut to Johnny talking about you know himself and Anne, and it was like Anne Kirkbride recorded in two thousand and six. We didn't think it was recent. No, these these clips were they must have been from some kind of Goodbye Mike program that was on when he left the show. It was good. It it was odd, but it was it was nice. It's always nice looking back at these old clip shows and everything. And they they showed him all the times he sacked people, and um, they had Rupert Hill who played uh, Jamie Baldwin, they and he's did. got nice long hair now, hasn't he? Was he was that recent as well? Yeah, that that was what he's like now. I, oh. I'm guessing. Um, he hasn't changed. Oh, and and it's so sad watching all the Alzheimer's stuff. I I'd kind of forgotten just how tragic that was when Mike was. Um, you know, suffering his Alzheimer's and forgetting who people were and like they showed a clip where Deirdre and Ken come round to visit him and he's got no idea who they were and then they showed him dying in Ken's arms on the street. It was a yeah, he had a good send off, did Mike. But um that that programme was immensely enjoyable, I thought. So if you yeah. haven't watched it and you like that sort of thing, then nice I suggest that you track it down. And that's the end of the news. And, and hopefully we won't have any more coming up soon as well. Yes. Such would again. And that's the end of the news. <laughs> that is the end of the news. Let's, Let's do, do some feedback. feedback. And we will round up tonight's feedback with some feedback, as per usual. Thank you, everybody, what? for feeding round up back. Round the podcast with, with some, some feedback. feedback. Yes, exactly. You said feedback with feedback. We are going to round up feedback with <laughs> feedback. 
I don't care. You said it again. Um, average score last week. Um, I think last week, did I give it three and a half and you gave it four last week? You really liked it last week. And, um, oh, that's right. 3.48 was the average score that came out on our Facebook group. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty enjoyable Hi. week. I'm wondering what people will think about this week. Um, Chad gave it three and a half stolen nurses uniforms. <laughs> Pat, three and a half pairs of dental floss oh. underwear. <laughs> and uh, Chris was my uh, favourite one of the week, who also scored at three and a half. But this was three and a half comparisons in the shower with the heat on <laughs> out of five. Thank you for everybody else who put their score in and told us what they scored out on the Facebook group. Just head along there and... It's an announcement every week, so it should be easy to find, should you wish to vote. Now, we have got an email from Rachel this week, which I would like to read out, if I may. Oh, of course. She says, hello, Gemma and Michael. I've been listening to your podcast now for over a year and honestly love listening to all your opinions about the events on the street. I thank you. I feel as if I'm having a conversation with a friend who is equally obsessed with the show as I am, even though it's a bit of a one-sided conversation. We never let Rachel get a word in edgewise. I know. I have always also loved discovering a whole community of Corrie lovers through the Facebook group. Yes, they're a nice bunch. I love hearing different interpretations of the storylines and I often come away from the podcast with a new perspective on certain things. Much like yourselves I really enjoyed the two-hander scene between Fizz and Tyrone I've never really had any strong opinions regarding these characters or their relationship yet I really did appreciate how human and real this scene was and how it was just about the characters Mm, good I'm glad to hear that Uh, I think they're definitely a a coupling that lots of people feel relatively ambivalent around Um, but I think yeah, it, it, that scene seemed to go down well with lots of people, so I'm very glad. Anyway, Rachel says, that was a very long-winded, it wasn't that long-winded, very long-winded way of me saying that I really enjoy the depth and length of the scene. And I don't know about you, but I would really enjoy seeing more of these. And I'm interested to hear if you feel the same. Yes. And if so, which characters would you enjoy seeing doing a long two-hander scene? Good question, Rachel. Right, yes, we, we ever, do like things like that. I, have we ever had that as a listener question before? I can't remember. I've been caught off guard. I forgot that Rachel asked this because she said at the beginning of the week and I was going to prepare a clever answer to this, you? but I don't really, Well, not a clever answer, some kind of answer. I'm just kind of... An answer of any I'm sort. I'm just waffling around here while I'm thinking of things going on I mean, my head, honestly, I, mean, I, I think uh, there's no denying that Fizz and Tyrone, you know, Jenny McAlpine and... Who plays Tyrone? Alan Halsall. Um, Both very talented actors, both been on the show a very long time, both the characters have got a lot of back history to them, but honestly, I'm going to say that pretty much any character that already has an established relationship, I would pretty much like to see a two-hander between, and I think that this proves that that it works. David because, and Gail is my answer. Because, um, like, like you said, lots of people weren't really invested in, in Fizz and Tyrone. Mm. So the fact that they can pull this off with those two characters and get a really good result from it, makes me think that you can mix together... Yeah, no, I agree. Many different... Imran and Toya. Maybe they could, if they dedicate half an episode to those two, that'd be more screen time than they've but had all year put together. <laughs> I don't know, it doesn't matter. Hopefully not an affair that one of them is having. Um, I can't... I, I don't know what they've got, what they would have to say at the moment. Maybe, I don't think they've got enough history. No, no, you're right. I think that the history with Fizz and Tyrone was really important. Todd and Eileen, maybe... Jenny and Johnny, perhaps. Yeah, Jenny and Johnny was the ones that that sprang to mind. Mm. I'm just quickly looking at the um, at the the character list here to find any inspiration. I think at the moment, tell you what we don't need Carla and Peter. Oh gosh, yeah, absolutely do not need that, and they've got lots of history, but it's already been wrung out enough. Yeah, even somebody like Devon Asher, which we're kind of getting yeah, lots of heart to heart scenes with them, or or. or or Asher and Ardy, maybe. I don't know whether they'd be able to, yeah, to carry it or not, maybe. 
or, or when I mean even with this story when it when Evelyn's back in the show Evelyn and Fizz or Evelyn and Tyrone Evelyn or maybe and Tyrone. Evelyn and Alina maybe <gasps> that would be amazing I'd love uh, Evelyn to just trap Alina in a room yeah like like under a glass because she's so tiny yeah <laughs> <laughs> um Gary and um, I don't want no I don't Kelly? no I, I I don't need Gary to have one a two hand oh, scene with anybody thank you very much oh wow um James and the Mirror. Oh, no. James and his football, Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there, there's a few ideas for you. I, I don't think I don't think I've got any more. I'm not getting inspired. I think we should make this Roy, a question. Yeah, I think we should maybe add a little bit of thought, more thought, thought about it. Roy and who? I don't know. I mean, not Nina necessarily. There's not really many Definitely much not unfinished Carla. business. I don't, I don't need Carla to... No. We'll have more of a think Ray. about it. But if, if any listeners are inspired, please do write in and let us know who would you like to have to, to hand this yeah, in Yeah, that's a good one to, to just throw on to everyone else can answer that one. <laughs> anyway, Rachel says, keep up the amazing work or you will try one of the highlights of the Curry Week. Very good. Thank you very much, Rachel. Ah, You're Rachel. welcome. Um, as much... Oh, Rebecca, sorry. Launching right in there. <laughs> Dear me. Um, Rebecca says, as much as I don't like the affair story, I'm loving that it's giving Jenny McAlpine some much needed screen time. The scene with her and Alan Halsall on Monday was brilliant. I also enjoyed the scene where she confronted Alina and said she wouldn't drag her out of Roy's because she has mellowed. However, I feel that Liz and Ty might put a break on things. Liz and Ty. <laughs> Liz and Ty. <laughs> might put a break on things. As he tries with Alina, but it doesn't work. And eventually, by the end of the year, Fizz and Tyrone are married. I hope so. I also appreciate the Kirk and Fizz scenes too. I like Sally kind of showing her support for Fizz. I also agree with Gemma about Fizz being insecure about after what happened with Rosie and John. I'm still laughing over the fact we didn't realise Leanne had stolen Aggie's nurse's uniform until Chad from the Facebook group pointed it out. I'm also still laughing at how Harvey keeps sneaking into Leanne's fat, flat. He's just as bad as, bad as Jacob. Is it coming down the chimney like Father Christmas? Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, Christmas. How long have we got to Christmas? Ages. Oh. Um, Simon, also accusing Leanne of being back on the game, made me laugh too. I can't see the undercover situation ending well. I'm glad David is back around, though, and his sarky comment snarky comment to Sam made me laugh I still think Nick might find out what's happening to Leanne and Simon but what can he do really still enjoying the Sean stuff especially enjoying Daisy being involved in it it shows that it shows that she is not to be trusted like Michael said watch out Jenny I don't really understand at all the flat stuff and Sean buying sofas as we know Sean won't move into one of those flats maybe it's another scam by Ridium yeah it could be like Gemma said, the trolling is very now, and I also like the fact that both Amy and Ardy were both involved. I also thought it was sweet that Brian is covering for Kathy, but the truth needs to come out in the end. I did enjoy Jenny throwing Brian out, though, although it was a bit mean. Jenny did think it was Brian who sent the messages. I love Todd in Friday's episode, and I still love him being the wind-up merchant. I also liked him showing his mummy boy side to Eileen. I um, also like Billy laughing. We haven't seen Billy laugh in ages. I like the character Jimmy, however, I still expect Billy and Paul to end up back together again, although I still prefer Todd and Billy. It looks ominous that Kelly is going to be fostered by Imran and Toya, despite Imran's face saying otherwise. <laughs> if it gives them more screen time, then I'm happy, but I really don't want Kelly to be fostered by them. Yes, too late. Finally, looks like it's likely that Ronnie is Michael's dad, but the sickle cell could be a red herring. 
I did enjoy Ed telling Ronnie to get out. Character of the week is Fizz Bomb. Give it three and a half. More times Birdie has been cast out than Captain Birdseye's fishing net out of five. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. I think we had a couple of people on the Facebook group voting there, Very good one, that yeah. last week. Nancy's highlights of last week were Fizz and Tyrone's discussion about their relationship, Sean and Daisy teaming up together, Kirk speaking with Fizz. All of the discussion in the Rovers with Sean, Eileen, Todd and Billy. The Amy and Ardy scene. Brian taking the blame for Cathy. Jenny barring Brian, which was a classic landlady move. She also enjoyed Imran and Toya deciding to foster Kelly. And the final scene between Leanne and Simon too. She wonders what Jack and Vera would have thought of Tyrone and Fizz's problem. Mm. I think they probably would say, what are you on about? It's just a kiss. Especially like the old Jack yeah, and Vera from the, from the late 70s, early 80s. They would have found a way were... to argue about it, though, wouldn't they? One of them would have taken Tyrone's side and the other one would have taken Fizz's side. Probably Vera would have taken Fizz's side. Mm. I mean, the thing with Jack and Vera is because they were, you know, they weren't the the most loyal of people, of, of, no, of husband and wife. They just, then they'd get found out and then just have it out in a massive argument yeah, and then go, it'd be done. Yeah, they'd just it? argue and shout. Get it out of their system. And then have baked beans for dinner. It didn't, it didn't linger. Mm. You know, she, he, she'd you know, slap her around the head or, or whatever. And, and yeah, they just used it. to solve everything with domestic violence. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that was the good old days. Nancy would give last week's episodes four moussakas out of five and gave Fizz the character of the week. Very good. Finally, we have... Brown girl overload, one, two, three. Feels like she needs to apologise for her rant. Rant, rant, Never apologise for a rant. That's Gemma's motto. No, I apologise at the time. And I say, I'm so sorry. I don't wish to offend anybody. Oh, yeah, you've start, you started apologising more recently on the podcast. You don't... You shouldn't. Um, People are saying, people are telling you not to apologise. Um, yeah, but I'm scared, of, I'm scared of upsetting people. I don't want to upset people. Um, but this is the thing. When I see so other people apologising, I think, who cares? Don't worry about it. This is what this is for. This section is for everybody to rant if they want to. So don't ever apologise for ranting. It's kind of fun. Even if I don't agree with anything you say. I had a I nice still really rant enjoy today. What, what? I was ranting today oh, about yeah, Billy and Nina's street cafe and stuff. <laughs> you really got into it, didn't you? But she continues, I swear I'm not like that. I swear I'm not that to me normally. Well, you should try it. It's great. Um, <laughs> anyway, things are slightly up. I'm actually really liking the idea of Toya and Imran fostering our Kelly. Sorry, Gemma. Todd and Billy not really fast. Just please, can we keep a couple together just for once? Impossible. Also, wish we saw more of the drug story this week. Oh, Asher, will you ever learn that Corey's bad news? Character of the week is Chesney for sticking with his sister and I give it three badges backsides out of five. Nice. Um, oh. Yeah, Chesney's been a nice supporter in this storyline, actually, hasn't he? I, I haven't got many good words to say about Chesney, but every time they put him in a scene with Fizz, I, I do appreciate the, the sibling bond between them. And that's another, like Fizz and Tyrone, when they had their, their two-hander last week and they've got a lot of history. It's the same with, with Ches and Fizz. They've had, like, 20 years' worth of history to, to draw from. So I'd say more of that. More of that, please. Please. Thank you, everybody, for your feedback. Not you. Good. Thank you, everybody, for our, your feedback this week. Don't forget that you can email us at conversationstra if you'd like no, to No, you can't. Feedback. You can tweet us at conversationstra. Oh, you God. You can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. This is like the other day when I had to email some test results to the doctors and the, doc- and the, the nurse was, said to me, yeah, the email address is blah, blah, blah at... Bl- no, what she say? www dot blah, blah, blah at so-and-so.com. And I was like... Yeah, I don't. That's a web address. Think that's right. 
but I just sent it and it got rejected and sent back to me. Um, you can find our website, conversationstreet.podbean.com. It is a wealth of information about all the things we've spoken about, different topics, character profiles, all yes, kinds of should stuff. You, should you wish to listen to an old character profile and you're just waiting for us to upload it onto the YouTube channel, you don't have to. You can just go to our blog and listen to it. Then there's a little tab along the top and you can yep. see all the characters we've profiled over the years and give them a listen. Yeah. Um, but like Michael mentioned, our YouTube channel, we have that and we up- upload a new character profile that's an old one every this week. week. Des Barnes. It was tied into the April Fool's Day because he was a bit of a prankster, was Des. Mm. Much to the um, something, <laughs> what's the word? Of chagrin. Ma- chagrin of Mavis and Derek. Spotify, we're on that. Apparently. Facebook, we have a group. Patreon, we're also on that. And this week we've got you. three new patrons. I can't this believe week. this. This is our best week ever. Yeah, this is uh, this is goals. This is 2021 is uh, finally kicking in. So Lois Goldner. Thank you very much. Thank you very Michelle much. Michelle Pettis, thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. And Sophie Carter, thank you very much thank you to very all much. three of you. And I hope you're enjoying your benefits of being a Conversation Street patron. Which are many and varied. It's amazing. But mostly just bonus episodes if you are a rove... No, Bistro and above get bonus episodes. But everybody who was on Speed Dial Teal, Tier has been able to listen to the Melanie Hill interview since last Saturday when I put it yes, up Yes, you there. get bonus access. As soon as I do extra, special extra interviews, then I put those up early on. They get up early. You also get the show notes. Yes. And that's, this is for certain tiers. And every year, if you're on the Rovers tier, you get a free gift. Now, but if you've been on the Rovers tier for quite a while, you might be wondering, where's my free gift for 2021? Well, everybody, this We're is a sort job. That out. Easter, I, I kind of had it banked for Easter holidays. Yep. As it, we need to sort something out. Last we don't know quite year, what we're going to do yet. All of our lovely patrons got a mug. If they were a Rovers return level. If they were a Rovers above. return, you got a, you got a mug with our logo on it to say thank I you very much. I think that's quite a decent, Pretty solid Pretty good. Present. We're gonna, how to know what we're going to do this no, year? No, I mean, we might. We might go down the, the clothing thing. We're just going to oh. find something that we can get on the cafe Maybe. press or the red bubbles. So it might be a Conversation Street t-shirt or it might be a Conversation Street, I don't know, no spoilers. pair of socks. We don't know, but now, we, listen, over the next Michael, few weeks we're going to decide, we promise. We're going to decide later, but I just want to pitch this to you. You know Lil, Lil Naz, no, who I... did Old Town Road? Oh, yes. He recently did a collaboration with a company that, and they released a limited edition of Satanic Nike trainers satanic night satanic 666 of them to be precise Mm. and each one contained a single drop of human blood so we could do something like that blood trainers yes does anybody want any blood trainers not getting my blood well we'll we'll send you some blood but we won't say where it's from (laughs) maybe you can do a dna test on it and find out who's the dad do you think the vans would do um a collaboration with us conversation street vans I hear they're here. Or converse? Is that is that the same thing? No, I, don't know. I don't know. Anyway, like I said, over the next couple of weeks, we will decide what we're going to do, and hopefully, and because it's been it's been like we've been doing our Patreon for a year and a half now, haven't we? So yeah, our Rovers you. patrons are definitely owed something else. Yes, and you also get a postcard if you're a Rovers. Yes, and also, can I just say thank you every very much all of our patrons. We've got um, loads of patrons now, and if we reach five hundred, both going to quit our jobs. Yeah, there's some um, inspiration for you. By the way, if there's anyone who's a patron and you're not getting something or you haven't got something that you think you're owed, then please, please just write in and let us know because I'm trying to keep track of who we need to send postcards and, and mugs and, and bonus episodes and everything to. But if, honestly, if you're saying, why are I getting something, please tell us. 
we'll, we'll sort it out. Yeah, we'll sort it out very easily. It's that? very easy. So, so, thank you very much for listening to that advert for Patreon there. Um, I, we didn't plan to have an advert there. We just wanted to say thank you to our new patrons. Yeah, thank you very much. And also, don't forget that the... The currency is in, in dollars, so it's actually not even five pounds. No, you can do it in dollars, in pounds. Yeah, I know, but it's not other. five dollars. No. It's not. I mean, it's Look, we don't want to talk about this. Oh, it feels my God. icky talking about Bye. it. Bye. No, I want to oh. say thank you again to Melanie Hill for being our special, special <laughs> guest on the podcast this week. It was lovely, lovely chatting to her again. And um, Maybe make sure you go and listen to that. We could like, send a drop of Coronation Street star blood. <gasps> Yes. As our, as our oh, maybe one of our Coronation dollar. Street. Um, Does anyone listening who's in Coronation Street would like to send us some blood? I know somebody <laughs> who loves donating blood who's just listening oh, to yes, us. Me too. <laughs> right, we'll get right on that. <laughs> we, will, we will send you a postcard with a drop of Coronation Street blood on it. <laughs> if you sign up for Patreon for the Rovers returned here today. <laughs> and that's not true. That's an April Fool's joke. <laughs> <laughs> see you next week everybody hope you all have a lovely Easter eat lots you. and lots of chocolate don't We're get fat you out of the, don't get out of your you phones um, goodbye bye see you the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com <laughs>